Hello, ladies and heirs, and welcome to episode 153 of RPG Digest. In segment one, we read through a tabletop RPG to introduce it to you, and oftentimes to ourselves as well. In segment two, we provide higher level overviews and fundamentals, and even the occasional how-to of systems, settings, and game mechanics. Today, it's going to be all about how to be a zombie. I am <laughs> John Max Liao your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Along with me, as usual, is the man who eats brains so you don't have to, Brett. Heathen Dog Grissomer, and I am going to go AFK for a moment. I will be right back. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. I hope you're doing well. And uh, yes, I do eat brains. And yes, it's because I don't have any of my own. The jokes write themselves. There you go. And I want to say hi to everyone in the chat. Uh, Seth, Flady, Free Merchant, Core, thank you very much for the compliment in the beginning. Appreciate that. CBK Ply, hello. And uh, today we're going to go over some more Coriolis. And then after, we're going to do an overview of Dead Rain, the uh, Palladium zombie game. And just for some funsies in that one, I'm going to uh, compare classic Romero zombies to Palladium zombies. See how they are, same, different, and otherwise. And uh, give you guys a little spoiler. They're pretty much the same. There's some differences, to be fair. But if you include the uh, the last one, what was it called? Uh, the the last Romero zombie movie was made in the 2000s, I think. I forget what it's called. Uh, it was uh, Night of Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, World of the Dead something like that i forget what it was called but uh if you include that one which is which is you know a romero movie then uh yeah yeah there's lots of similarities i have not i have okay well there you go <laughs> i, I missed so what happened hmm? what happened with you this week uh, what did happen with me this week? Uh, again, my job is more and more trying to get me to do things, which is which is fine. Uh, I think we're finally getting to a point where I'll have a job. <laughs> Won't be the job that I was hired to do, but you know, hey, I'll have one, uh, which is good. Gainfully employed is always a good thing. Other than that, man, it took me two days. This has never happened before. It took me two days to prepare for all the post stream stuff today, like get the graphics right, get the uh annotations right and so forth it's really weird why is that i don't know normally it just i do it on wednesday night by the time i go to bed on wednesday night i'm totally prepared for everything today and before the stream and after the stream and nope i uh <laughs> i had a bunch more to go and then the today i woke up and i was just, on a lark i just checked the web page out and it seems that uh web service updated and for whatever reason, the plugins that go with it didn't update, and I had to scramble to get that done right and reconfigure those. Apparently, it was a pretty major update because like all of my plugins were broken at uh, at some level, and I while they were updated, I had to reconfigure all of them. Mm. That sucked. It wouldn't have been anything that anybody on the front uh, the front end would have noticed, but uh, on the back end, it made uh, posting <laughs> posting things on the website much more difficult. I see. What does this mean? Oh. <laughs> what is this? Huh? 
He posted something. <laughs> I'll put. I don't want to see. He's just causing problems. That's all. Yeah, that's all this is right now. Because I'm going to show this, and it's going to make the problem perpetually last longer. Well, then why show it? Because you brought it up. I didn't bring it up. It's crafty to look, 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 look. See, 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 see. He did it. He did it. You know, I have you know, I have a stalker, right? No, Keeps not, making... a, not a girlfriend stalker. Yeah, he's he's a guy with a channel of four hundred and some odd subscribers who keeps telling me what I need to do for my channel to be successful. Okay, those who can't do teach, I get it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> The, you know, this think that apparently more videos have come out since Friday. I don't know. I, I, I can't keep up with them, nor do I try. But uh, so today, this is for Friday, right? Today, we're going to talk about Baldur's Gate 3. Idiots that see racism everywhere and bioessential, you know, this stuff that we talked about on Friday night. You know, for those who only watch Sunday, know that Friday tends to be a little more, well, random. <laughs> Also, there are more rants there. We've kind of pulled the rants from this show to make them there. So you can come here for just gaming stuff and go there for more uh, interesting commentary with a, with a panel of guests. But uh, yeah, so, you know, typical Friday stuff. This dude responds basically, that MF for Max won't stop talking about me. And then six videos later. <laughs> listen to the haters like Max who try to keep me down and bully me every week. What Crafty should have put here is six of the same videos later. <laughs> I rise above it. I do not get involved in controversy. You will not find me bitching about other people like Max Liao of Legion of Myth. He never says Legion of Myth, unless he started to. He never says Legion of Myth. He just says Max Liao, so, you know. Uh, just about me every week. Another six videos later. I'm done bitching about this. I'm done with people like Max Liao. If you think growing a channel is keeping little guys like me down, then that's fine. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> One eternity later, Legion of Myth and Max Liao are lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I owe him rent for being in his head so damn much. But yeah, I, I you know, I watched a couple of them. Because, uh, you know, so after I did that clown video, all his crap started showing up in my feed. And so if something like it was going to be about us, I was like, right, I'll see what this dude has to say, what nonsense he's got going on. But luckily, I've, I finally was able to purge that from my feed. So I, I don't get it. So I haven't been watching him as much anymore. But I, but I did see one where he basically told me everything I'm doing wrong with my channel. <laughs> told me that I'm never going to be a success and, and I'm never going to grow. Myself and by and another channel, Diversity and Dragons, you know, the people like this. And I'm looking at my numbers, like saying, my growth, his growth, my growth, his growth. Huh. The only thing that he's got, if he really wanted to get uh, superficial about the numbers, is he could mm -hmm. look and say, I've got videos that actually get more views. I got 400 subscribers and I have videos that get more views than his 4,000, you know, subscriber channel has. Now, there are reasons for that. And it's not because his videos are better. It's because our videos are set up for long term. Come back after a year and see who what the views look like. I guarantee you, all of ours have, except for like the old comic ones that still only have like sixteen. Uh, <laughs> but uh, ours are 
leaps and bounds better. I, we're doing, you know, we're doing the long game here. Next year will be a little more telling when we start doing more how-to videos. See how that works mm-hmm. out. But uh, our stuff is meant to stand the test of time. As far as you know, what we're doing Coriolis right now. You can read, you can watch this Coriolis video two years from now. As long as the game still exists, it's still relevant. So yeah, that's the that's the problem with uh, people that only do uh hot topics yeah you know pop you know super super recent pop culture stuff is that uh after a few months to a year your video is pointless it just aged itself out and and to be fair that was our segment too last year right Hmm. and most of those not every rant uh, some of them still get views (laughs) like the like the battle tech one and yeah crafty also sent this one and i actually changed my twitter are the Legion Myth Twitter feed to uh, this is this is our, our these are our core values on Twitter. What is best in life to troll your enemies to see them butthurt before you and to hear the lamentations of their followers. That's wonderful. I've actually changed our Twitter account to read that. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Mammoth says I normally don't watch RPG channels on YouTube. More of a Grand Thumb guy, but oh, and nice Grand Thumb, have- yeah great dynamic together and make you incredibly entertaining to watch oh thanks incredibly hey. entertaining he wasn't even I, here for the no pants dance <laughs> so what, that's pretty old now i, I still know. have it i still have uh <laughs> um that's funny because grant i i like the dynamic that uh it's it's a gun channel for people who don't know um i well, like the dynamic. grand took it <laughs> yeah i kind of gave it away on I, that yeah, one. just saying but but his co-host <laughs> the guy who plays the useful idiot he does such a good job of that man i would love to mimic <laughs> i don't know how to you have to watch it to understand the dude does such an because he's not that retarded at all but he does such a good job of playing the foil on there i love it um anyway yeah, so, yeah, there's typical YouTube nonsense going on. You know, I get it. I don't know why I'm even talking about this. Oh, because Crafty brought him up. It's just the fact that, again, at least half of his videos are are mentioning me by name, and he's accusing me of all types of stuff. I don't care. <laughs> Accuse me all you want. I'm not going to say to be like, oh, no, I didn't do that. The only thing that I had to say on Friday, I think, about him was, if I've lied, tell me where. And if you take jokes as lies, you know, when I'm obviously joking, then that's a you problem, not a me problem. Um, and if you think hyperbole is lie also, then dude, stop white knighting. You're not my daddy on the internet. But I don't care. It's not going to change what we do. Everything that we've been talking about. Have I changed anything about what we're doing here based on that? And hell, what we're going to be doing next year, I've been talking about for a few weeks. We had to kind of just come to, I had to look at it deeper, come to a little bit of agreement, see where we were and so forth. And we're pretty comfortable with what we're going to do next year, right? Generally speaking, I mean, don't have the specifics na- uh, nailed down. So yeah, maybe he wants to date you like AOC, maybe. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't block people. And maybe this is one of those cases where I should, because <laughs> I wouldn't be exposed to it, but I just don't care. I don't care. If he's getting views based on us, good job. Get your views. I don't care. You're not, you're not going to hurt my channel. Only I can hurt my channel. Well, okay. Which only we which, well, which, which I, yeah, back, well, the biggest thing I did, look, I'm very open about it. Some people say, dude, you shouldn't tell people that. That makes you look horrible. Like, no. No, you're, full- you're, you're trying to help other people not make the same mistake. Yeah, I fully admit, back in 2016, what is that? Six years, seven years ago? How many years ago that is? In 2016, I bought 1,000 subscribers. Clip that, use it against me. It is what it is. And it has done nothing but hurt the channel. 
to this day, I still suffer seven years later. And I'm not going to get all the ins and outs of it, but it's just general analytics stuff. It has hurt the channel. Don't do it. That's why I'm open about telling people that I've done that because I don't want you to do it. Do it the right way. Now YouTube's changing everything down to 500 subscribers, you know, and so forth. And so it's going to become easier to get monetized anyway. So that was a very dumb move. And I can tell you for like two years after I did that, I never made back the money I paid <laughs> to buy those subscribers because we'd get like three cents a month. And here's the one other, since I'm talking about this now, damn it. The one other thing I will say is that this channel is focused on live streams, not on video content. Yes, I clip what we do here intentionally into video content for that long for that longevity. But we're focused on viewer interaction and live streams. We make almost no money on videos. We make 90% of our money, if not more, on live streams. So that's thanks to you guys. Well, no, uh, we don't actually buy the people. We rent them. They're all in Asia. Probably. We rent them for, for 10 minutes while they click things and then disappear. That's what happens when you when you buy views or buy subscribers. They, they click on subscribe. They click on three uh, videos, hit like on three videos, and then they leave forever. So it's a wham, bam, thank you scam, I guess. Yeah, I'll tell you one of the worst things that it did was it had an average view time because you have to at least when I did it then you had to select a video like you didn't select your channel for whatever reason you selected a video and they all went to that video and then subscribe based on that video <laughs> the watch time for that video was like one second <laughs> like seriously this went, click, this went click and then out <laughs> like for the subscribers like yeah I tell you, everything about everything about that and you know I could do a video on that at some point or I mean I could do a Friday stream where I dive deeper into that to explain how that entire process worked. Uh, just don't do it. That's all I can say is don't do it. It is, it is not a get rich quick. It is not a, there's nothing good. Literally nothing good about it. Oh, didn't cost a lot. That was the only good part, but still. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Violence holds everything. That's what we're talking about. He says, I love the video where he's telling you how to improve your videos and make your channel grow. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, we've gained uh, 70 some subs in the last 28 days. How many of you gained? So, anyway, uh, I, I don't want to dog his channel. I really don't. You know, let the dude do what he's doing. I just wish. <laughs> Focus on games. Focus on games. Speaking so, anyway, of... yeah, that, that, that's my week. Uh, I can't think of anything else right now other than apparently I'm in trouble. Oh. Well, she was the one making all that noise. That, that, the, the reason you were you were put on hold all of you nice nice viewers out there were put on hold for the first like 30 seconds is because of his wife making all kinds of noise on purpose right when the stream was starting because she's petty you know what happens to small petty japanese girls <laughs> like stab me on a stream i'm not gonna say no i'm not i'm not gonna <laughs> say but you know but i'm not gonna say So uh what where are where are we here? Uh <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing right now. Uh you uh, did, uh, did you talk about your week? Did you have a no, week? Nothing nothing happened for me. I mean uh gonna have to change the Saturday game because before I was having I was having trouble getting it to stay, you know, stable. I would log in, try and get in the world, bam, kick me out. Play for a while, 
like a while, I mean 10 minutes, bam, kick me out. Now it won't <clears throat> now it won't even let me start the game. I've uninstalled it, reinstalled it. I've uninstalled my drivers, reinstalled them. Used a used the drive drive wiper, the DDU, whatever it is, for my graphics card, reinstalled it. Nothing. The game just will not. It it went through two updates. After the first update, it was it was unstable. And after the second update, I couldn't even play it. Weird. It is weird. So we're gonna have to do something else. Yeah, well, good luck with that because uh every time you guys change games, it takes you like six weeks to figure out what game you're playing because every one of you hates the type of game that the other player likes. It's true. That that's the one problem with with a group of of uh players. Nine times out of ten, one of them is gonna hate the game you're playing. I hate this kind of game. I hate this kind of game. That's what happens. You know, if if you're lucky, you get a game that everyone likes. But after a while, that one will get old. Then you got to change anyway. Well, yeah, well, and to be fair, you guys don't play with any sort of competitive spirit. So things like grinding or actually learning how to play the game or (laughs) it's not in the cards for you guys. That is verboten. (laughs) <laughs> it is actually it actually against the rules. Mark Hoffman breaks it all the time. I yell at him. Like, no, stop learning how to play the game. Just play the game. But he's in get. He's like, but you got to be good at a game. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have to be good. There's no rule. There's no law. You, you, you have to be good or you have to be comically bad. The problem is, is you yes. guys are too serious. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say you guys, because we've had some fun there before. Uh, yeah. But, uh, the the show is too serious to be comically bad. I'm not going to go any deeper than that. You know my issues with that, but that's uh that that's the two sides of it, and you <laughs> you fail at both. Fail at both. That's great. Well, hey, you know what? We fail. We fail. That's what we do. We're failures. Hot diggity. They fail at failing. They fail at failing. <laughs> that should be succeeding, but it's not. <laughs> I haven't played Mech Warrior Five in a long time, Crafty. Says, have you been enjoying MechWarrior Five? The challenge of balancing repair cost emissions. Okay, he's trolling. Oh, I didn't now. have that problem either. Yeah, see, because Heathen Dog cheats. So the one aspect of the game that uh, that's actually the, the challenge, he just uh, wrote out of the game. That's and I bunch of people I tried to get to watch, and they're like, oh, I'm yeah. not going to watch. I'm oh, not going to yeah. watch him cheat. That's great. Then move along. <laughs> move along, because Daddy Daddy's funding my mercenary empire with his billions and billions of credits, because he believes in me. He forgets that the whole point of streaming is to actually get people to watch. But hey, you know. Nah. nah. Uh, oh, that who? I, don't I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. I don't know what that means. And because I don't know what that means, I'm getting ready to move on. He's playing and enjoying it. Well, that's good. You know what's even fun? Even more fun? When you have a billion credits. Right. Uh, what we got to do? Thank you. I'm really out of... Yeah. All right, let's uh, throw this up here before we get into the real stuff. Hey, you want to thank all you wonderful people who support us monetarily. By the way, on Friday, we did get over $200. We had two giveaways. Wouldn't normally do two giveaways, but just the way it kind of fell into place, two giveaways worked out. Normally, I'll just do the giveaway at the end of the stream, but I was hoping to end that stream many, many times before it actually ended. So uh, we ended up doing two giveaways. The first one, nobody won, so the pot got raised to $100. And I ended up giving a $100 Palladium Books gift certificate to CBK Ply. So congratulations. Yeah. 100 bucks on Palladium? That'll get you at least three books, probably four. 
It depends on what you get. I mean, if he gets hard covers, yeah. well, then that could be different. But okay, yeah, so. that'll, that, that'll be that'll be two and a half. But if you get soft covers, you can easily get three main books or two main books and two or three supplementals. That's a good deal. Yeah, and, and just so you guys know, it's only on the Friday stream, but for every $100 we bring in, I do a $25 combative giveaway. It's a little game I have playing in the background. You get to watch. I even post the results on the Discord so you can see how each person killed another person. Um, CBK Ply won with only one kill, the literal last kill of the game. He just kind of hit out there. He was sneaking around or something. <laughs> last kill of the game, and then he garroted somebody. I forget who he garroted, but he garroted somebody. Well, that that's smart. You know, let them all kill each other. <laughs> right. When there's one left, just uh, you know, kill captain, gain rank. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, right. Kill captain, gain hundred bucks. But yeah, so uh, so if nobody wins because you have to be watching, there's some rules involved with that. Then uh, it rolls over, and we add another twenty five dollars to the pot. But it also takes another hundred dollars to unlock the next giveaway. So and we give something back to you guys, and that's that's what I'm thanking you for here. Your gracious donations help provide giveaways. Like I said, produce more content and generally give back Legion with community as a whole. We have what's it forty five fifty. 4,550 YouTube subscribers right now. And we are thankful for each and every one of you, even those of you who might still be around that I bought seven years, eight years, however many years ago that was. <laughs> well, they Check don't the understand you. They, they only speak Mandarin. Yeah, fair. Then you might be right. Check yeah. the description below for links to various Legionist sites, social media, Discord, merch, etc. If I remember correctly from watch, uh, from looking at those subscribers, they're all like music things. They're, they're like somebody's music channel. So, yeah, I don't know. Music right, channels me... are mostly uh, basically robots. Maybe. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. Let me slide all this stuff over here and get set up. Uh, why won't this show on my screen? There we go. Wow. Okay. Something just glitched right there. All right, for segment one today, we are going to continue on with Coriolis, the third horizon. Today segment we're going to... What's that? It says number three. Well, that's number three because it's the third video in this series. Oh. Oh, it's, okay. It's segment one, but this is the third video. We had uh, the intro, oh, yeah. then we had uh, your character, and now we have skills. And the next topic for today will be number four, which will be talents, but that will be later on. We're going to cover skills and talents today, but this one's just skills. If you watch the Mutineer Zero series you will see that there are some differences in how skills, and we've hinted at that already, but how skills act in this game vice how they act in the other Year Zero engine games. And we will take a look at how that happens and how come there are 16 skills instead of 12 or 13 in this one in just a moment. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Show stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. I hate that one. I hate that subscribe thing. All right, there's our wonderful Coriolis book right there. Let me get to the page where I'm guessing 54. It's supposed to be 52. Yeah, close enough. And you can look at the wonderful art of uh, is she, Is she dying of a poop tornado? 
I think she's an emissary. Do they do they have poop tornadoes coming out of their butts? I don't know where you're seeing a poop tornado. I see a woman hmm? being propelled by a diarrhea. Pro- no, there's no propelling here. That's, that's 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 her dress. Well, she's probably flying. Oh, but she's dress. Oh, okay, okay. The way I'm seeing it is a lot different than the way you're seeing it. <laughs> okay. All right, we are going to talk. Coco sees it too. Okay, you're all weird. I, there's there's no there's no poop there. Looks like a poop tornado. <laughs> okay. So you're getting weird already. All right, so we already hinted at it, but we're going to talk about it a little bit more. There are two types of skills in Coriolis, and those are general skills, dexterity, force, infiltration, manipulation, me- uh, melee combat, observation, range combat, and survival. These skills can be used untrained. That means you can have zero, rank a zero in them and still use and, them. You'll just make an attribute roll. And anyone can choose them if they get a new skill? Oh, yeah. You, you can put points into them, make them better, but yeah. you don't or, have to. Or get have. it if you don't have it already? Or Well, any of these, you can put skills, uh, skill points in. You just have to put points yeah, in them. Everyone gets it at zero, right? That's what it means. Everyone gets it at zero, basically. You don't have to spend extra just to get it at one, just the regular, regular improvement experience. Okay. Well, I, I I don't know if you're just trying to re-say what I said, but so I'll say it again. All skills in this game, all general skills in this game can be used at a rank of zero. You just roll your attribute dice then. So if you have a attribute of four and you have a skill of zero and it's a dexterity check, you mm-hmm. just roll four dice. You just roll your attribute dice. You okay. cannot yep. do that with an advanced skill because advanced skill, you must have at least one point yep. in it to use it. You have to have learned it. So it that requires four, actual training. Yes. yes. So that four. Okay, my, my actual question was, are you considered already having these general skills, everyone, at zero? Or if you don't have it, you just treat it that's as just zero. Sem- that's just semantics. No, 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 no. Because a lot of games, to get a skill is, is a bigger bump than, than the normal just experience. No, that, that, that doesn't happen in this game. Okay, okay. Because okay. So, there, there's a lot of games that to get a skill, like say you spend five experience points, and then to increase a skill, it takes two times the current rank uh, or something th- like this that. One's, yeah. This one's five for pretty much everything. Okay, okay, got yeah. it. Oh, fair then. Okay. All right, and, and that's true for, well, at least the Mutant Year Zero games as well. Um, I'm pretty sure that was true for, for... Is that true for Forbidden Lands? Well, we'll figure that out when we get to Forbidden Lands in the next game we cover in a few weeks. But uh, so there we go. There are two types of skills, general skills. Anyone can use an advanced skills that require specialist training. There we go. Each is tied to an at- one of the four attributes. So if you remember, I don't have the character sheet up, but if you remember, there are four attributes, strength, agility, wits, and empathy. So let's just use this. Uh, let's go use force. That one makes sense. Force is moving stuff. That's also arm wrestling. That's anything to do with strength, right? I want to be a strong person. Ben bars, lift gates. I'm going to roll a force. So let's say your strength is four. You have a force skill of two. You will roll six dice. And I did bring out the Coriolis dice this time. They are way too. I don't like dice like this because you can't read them easily. Yeah, they're too small and they're busy. They're very busy. Well, not necessarily too small, but they're busy. I also confuse them with alien, and I don't know if you guys are going to be able to see this. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it looks like a face hugger almost. Okay. Not quite. It's more. It's more of a skeleton. But uh, yeah, it looks almost like a face hugger. So considering I have the alien game also, but these are the Coriolis dice. Six have a, a symbol on them. Ones do not. Now that's a little different than Mutineer Zero, where you had mm-hmm. three different type of dice. 
We're going to talk more about that either later in this chapter or in combat next week. But uh, I read through it this week. I just don't remember if it's here or there. But the point being is that that six is good because that's what you want. The one only matters if you push your roll, and we will talk about that in a little bit. Okay. So rolling dice. Sixes mean success. When you perform an action, start by describing what your PC tries to accomplish. You know, that's a lost art. I, I look back at one of the videos of the Pathfinder 2 game I was in, and one of the characters, who I actually consider this player a really good role player, kept saying things like, we'll use my name, I, I hit Max. Like, no, <laughs> you attempt to hit Max. And maybe that's because I used to do a lot of online forum role playing back in the day, muds and mushes and all those things, you know, where there's a lot of a lot of typing. And they had rules about that. I you don't say I punch Heathen Dog, because Heathen Dog kind of has a say in that. Why otherwise I'm taking complete agency away from his character and just being like, hey, I'm taking over everything. You must accept this hit. It's like, no. But that that is how I do the role playing in the game, is I say, hey, my character is uh, going forward. Uh What's, what's the example I've been using a lot recently because it happened? Oh, yeah. Uh, I go up to the door. I put my shield out. I kick the door open, and I run in, and I stab the first thing I see. You know, something like that. At some point, the game master can say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you get to the Hello. door. Roll, yeah. kick it open. Okay. And I roll to kick it open, and then my turn's done. Uh, you know, and I mean, I don't rush that quickly when I say it, but you get the idea. It's like I'm role-playing my character's action. It's the game master's responsibility to stop and say, make a roll at this point. Uh, so uh, describe what your PC tries to accomplish. Then take as many dice as your skill level in the appropriate skill plus the corresponding attribute, which we talked before. The mm -hmm. dice total can be modified by your gear. There are gear dice, and there aren't separate gear dice. It's all tallied into one thing. So if you remember the Mutineer Zero stuff, we had three different types of dice. No, it says one type of die. That's it. Everything just stacks on. Uh, if you have questions about how you handle pushing the roll, we'll get to that in a little bit You know, differently than, than there. You then roll your modified dice total all at once. So if I've got rope and that gives me plus two, I'm trying to climb something. Uh, it's climbing in here. Climbing would be a dexterity. So let's say I have an agility of three, a dexterity of three, that's six. And then I have a rope that gives me two. That'd be eight dice. I'd roll eight dice and I'd attempt to get one six. Now, this is where things get a little different. Odds are it's going to happen. What's that? Odds are that'll happen. O odds are that'll happen. But... That's where things in this game become a little different compared to Mutineer Zero or even Forbidden Lands. One six is, an, is enough for your action to succeed, but it means you made it just barely. If you roll three or more sixes, you achieve what is called a critical, critical success. Basically, you did it, and there are no complications. You can even help out a buddy, possibly. Each skill lists its own results corresponding to level success. So, is it on this page? No, it's on this page. It's on the next one. I think. Yeah. Now, I have to wonder why this is different than all the other ones. Like, I have, I have to wonder that because getting one success is hard enough, even with eight dice. But getting three, that's just mind-boggling. Well, in a way, it's simpler. In a way, it's, a, it's I see what you're saying. The simpler aspect of it is this. Before in Mutant Year Zero, you had to look over and find out if you get extra successes, this is what you can do. Oh, but you need two extra successes to do this thing. Uh, you can split up your extra success and so forth, right? A little bit more reading on that one. This one is just one to two successes means you did what you attempted to do, but you don't get anything special from it. Three plus successes means you get that little extra hit, that little extra bonus. 
So, so there's so there's no downside for one or two successes. No. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, uh, you, you understand what I was because it says yeah. limited success, not yeah. just success. Yeah. It says limited. I figured there'd be a downside. Yeah, I would call it normal success or standard success myself. Okay. Uh, but limited success, because using the term of the game, limited success means you did what you needed to do. You barely did it. You're not any. You don't have any negative consequences, but you don't get any benefit from it either. If you get three or more, you can have a benefit, extra damage, help a buddy. I grabbed Heathen Dog while I was sliding under the door as well and pulled him through. Uh, the door came down even quicker. The enemy doesn't even get a shot on me, even though technically they won initiative or could have stolen initiative or something like that. You know. There are things you can do. The one to two just means you did it. Okay. So, Fair so enough. Let's go back up here. Oh, no, actually, I did that. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Some skills like range combat are. Stop sliding. Some skills like range combat, melee combat, and pilot allow for bonus effects to be bought using your extra success. Your extra sixes. Used to say successes are. These are. Uh, effects and how many sixes they cost are described in chapter five combat which we'll cover next week and chapter seven space combat which will do a couple weeks wait wait wait. so you can get other effects with just two sixes rather so than it, a damage they're, they're they're damage, oh, damage. okay yeah. all right so the art of failing and this, this should look familiar if, again if you watch mutant user if you roll no sixes sixes something goes wrong you are now in the hands of the GM, and he decides what happens to you. The only thing he cannot say is nothing happens. Failure should always have consequences. This is that whole idea of forcing you to push your role. Although in this game, it's not called pushing the role. I should use the right term. It's called praying to the icons. So in some cases, the rules outline what a failure means, but most times the GM gets to decide. Maybe you hurt yourself. Lose an important possession. I slid under that door. Yes, but oh, I lost my gun on the other side. Crap! Damn it. Uh, so are forced to take another route to your destination, or maybe a new threat arises. You have one last chance. If you're truly desperate to avoid failing a role, you can pray to the icons, which I don't like that term, not because it's religious, but because it's instantaneous. You're actually not praying. <laughs> you don't have to... Yeah. In uh, in combat, the GM doesn't give you... Uh, yeah, we don't have to read that. Basically, it's saying that in combat, you don't have any negative... The fact that you missed was enough of a negative consequence. Yeah. That's pretty much all the negative consequence you need if you're fighting for your life. Uh, when you need... Well, okay, so when your need is most desired, you can pray to the icons for help. This means you get to reroll all dice not showing sixes. Okay. Which icon you pray to depends on the skill you just tested. Yes, the players do need to know who the icons are in the game mm -hmm. at this point. The prayer doesn't count towards your actions in the turn. And takes no time to perform. This is why I don't like the term prayer. Yeah, prayer takes time. Yeah. You just open yourself up to the energy of the icons, but this doesn't mm -hmm. come without risk. You will usually only pray to the icons when your roll has failed, but you could pray even if there were sixes in your initial roll to get more success. Maybe you really need that critical success. Critical. Yeah. You can only pray to the icons when testing a skill, not for any other role, and you can only pray once for each role. Uh, so, I went to shoot Heathen Dog. I missed. Crap, he's got a big gun. If he hits me, I die. Nope. I need to make sure I hit him. I pray to the icon. I, I don't know off the top of my head which icon that is, but I pray to the proper icon for that. I reroll all dice that weren't a six, which is probably all of them. And I roll again, hoping to get one or more sixes. But, 
Now, what's kind of cool about this that didn't exist in Mutant Year Zero is this. Preparatory prayer in chapels. If you make time for a preparatory prayer, now this does take time, to a specific icon, only one of the icons, before lunging into the fray, you get a plus one modifier to rerolls. Very similar to the cleric bless spell in D&D. Because, you know, you can't cast bless in combat. Mm-hmm. Cast it before combat. When you pray to that same icon, so only when that particular icon is called, anytime later, during the session. Okay, that one is session. Uh, if the prayer takes place... In, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so... Again, uh, you had the dancer, right? So that's like a dexterity motif. So let's say Heathen Dog is trying to walk a parapet for whatever reason. That's all I can think of right now. He's trying to walk a parapet. Doing that tightrope walking to get, climb, holding on those cables to get to the engine to go fix it because he doesn't have light speed right now. And he's trying to nudge his way across. Well, he's got a role for that. Well, you know what? He prayed to his dancer before then. You know, he picked the dancer because that's who he was born under. Don't have to. But that's just why. So now when he rolls to makes any roll for dexterity, he gets a plus one. But only when praying to the icon, when pushing the roll. So he rolled, say, six dice for his normal. Got no successes. Normally when you push the roll, you would roll those six dice again because none of them came up sixes. He gets seven dice now. But only for that type of action, all right? If he actually took the time to pray in a chapel before this, because a lot of ships have chapels on them, the modifier becomes plus two. This is an effect for the rest of the session. By the way, the uh, the combat example that I have, the video I made a couple years ago out there that you can find on YouTube, has that in there where the captain of the ship prayed at the chapel beforehand and added plus two to command rolls. I think it was command rolls. Uh, so this is for the rest of the session, but only when you pray to that specific icon. Sure. Now, the dark between the stars. The universe strives towards balance. If you use the power of the icons to help you, you will sooner or later suffer the backlash. Something represented in the game by darkness points. This is like, you know, using the 2d20 system. This is like doom or dark symmetry. Mm-hmm. Every time you pray to the icons for a reroll, the game master gets one darkness point. You can use these in a number of ways. See the adjacent list, and we'll look at that in a moment. Use tokens or whatever to figure that out. Darkness points without prayers. The GM can acquire darkness points in other ways as well. At Portal Chip, every time you hit light speed, the Game Master gets a point. Well, that, that seems unfair. Darkness between the stars, man. It's a creepy, creepy place. Event Horizon, baby. Uh, during the travel in Dark Between the Stars and when players use mystical powers, which I... Th- well, no, actually, we'll talk about today, but in the next video. Talk about some of them today. I think. Uh, using darkness points. So, the Game Master can re-roll, just like you now. The Game Master has to spend a darkness point to do a re-roll. You get to mm-hmm. pray to the icons whenever you want. Game Master has to spend a point to do it. You can take the initiative. Ah, you know what? I want to go before the PC. Because the PC might murderify me, and I want to stop him. Or the PC's going to get away, so i got to win initiative to stop him. So it costs one. Empty a clip. This is awesome. A PC shooting runs out of ammo. It's a great one to do every round. The attack is not affected, so the PC still gets to shoot, but the weapon must be reloaded after the, sh- after the shot. Or it can misfire. The firearm jams. The attack is lost. And you have to roll a slow action, a technology roll, to fix the weapon. But this one costs three points. 
Because otherwise you'd be like, why would I ever do empty clip when I can just do misfire? Yeah, when you could do that. I mean, that's that's better. A slow action, they won't be shooting you for a bit. You'll be fine. Reactive action, normally NPCs cannot perform reactive actions in combat. Uh, and we'll talk about that when we get into combat. But uh, normally NPCs have this week. Again, if you've watched our series on Conan 2D20 or um, uh, Mutant, uh, not your zero, uh, Mutant Chronicles, you remember that was in there as well, that NPCs have to spend points to do reactions. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they just have to sit there and take it. Lost possession. PC has dropped an important possession. The GM decides which. This is the dick move one. Yeah, that's the one where I, I have the detonator in my hand, and I'm about to press the button, and I'm about to win. You're like, oh, no, no. The, the game master says, oh, I'm, I'm going to spend three dark side points. You drop it. It clanks on the ground and go, goes into a great gutter. You're a dick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever do that, game masters. I'm serious. They're, they're, you're sure you're allowed, but you shouldn't do that. That that's just that's just going to make people hate you. Now, my favorite one: the enemy receives unexpected backup. The GM decides the details. Cost one to three darkness points, depending on the reinforcement. Basically, ones are just mooks to tie you down more. Three are uh oh, that's a challenge. Yeah. Uh, Innocent in danger, or a sergeant, or some kind. Yeah. Innocent, uh, an innocent bystander is suddenly caught in the line of fire and needs help. Will they intervene? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I, know, I know this group. Nope. Sorry. Good job, Game Master. You just killed an innocent kid. Uh, it's not on me. Uh, personal problem. Now, remember when we talked about your meth addiction? Yeah. I can activate your meth addiction right now. Hey, well, before combat, I just get high, so whatever. That's fine. Well, your withdrawals are kicking in quicker. Oh, well, I need, I need, I need to go to the bathroom. I need the bathroom. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. I gotta come. Gotta go wee wee. Uh, nature's wrath. Something dangerous in the environment around the PC suddenly affects them. Like, uh, you remember when we talked about Mutant Year Zero? Again, the, the land would, in some of those uh, stories, the land would start working against the players. Well, now you can just do it for three points. Well, one to three points, depending on what it is. A dark mind. Now, this one, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't understand this one. I actually tried to look it up. It is not called this in the book. Okay. So it isn't. And I did not read the entire magic chapter because I didn't have time and it wasn't pointing to this, but we're going to keep this one. So, so save this in the back of your minds. A dark mind. PC suddenly stricken with temporary dark madness. More details in chapter 14. Costs one to three darkness points. I think I know what it means, but because the terms don't match up exactly, this one was, when I looked up, I was like, huh, I wonder what that does. But theoretically, it looks like it basically gives you a psycho- temporary psychosis. Okay. Like fear so, so or... Far, yeah, so far, two of these things are, are classified as dick moves. A dark yeah. mind is a dick move. The the whole drop something in your hand thing is a dick move. The no the whole dark mind thing. If you have the proper setup, like you know, you you just saw your 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 friend get caught and torn apart by you know whatever, and you were witness to that and couldn't do anything. I could see that dark mind, you know, getting a temporary psychosis or whatever from that. I get that, but the whole drop thing, just drop. No, oh, no, you just dropped it. Or no, no, I'm I'm, I'm going to give you a psychosis just just because I can. That's a dick move, and I don't recommend game masters do that. <laughs> Depends on what uh, what's happening in. I'm trying to think if that first module actually requests that you do this once or twice. 
Because, but that's because there's weird stuff going on around you. I think personally, I think it has to make sense. The verisimilitude is very important to me, and it doesn't make sense to use this just in a normal firefight. However, right. if you are dealing with creepy gin, I could definitely see this come into play. So, anyway, and then finally, the power of darkness. Certain talents or abilities can be activated by NPCs or creatures using darkness points. Remember. NPCs can't use any sort of special powers or anything without spending these points. And this is where probably the most often it's going to be used here right. and in the reactions. Yes. Yes. In actual combat using powers and dodging or blocking or whatever, that's going to be probably where most of these darkness points go to. You're right. It says here only one chance. Basically, you can try one time. If you fail, you're done. You don't get to do it. You have something has to change in the environment. You can't just be like, well, I'm going to, I tried to put the rope up there and make my climbing skill, but I failed everything. You can't just do that again. You have to do something different. That's the, the failure indicates that you failed at that attempt in perpetuity until something changes. Now somebody else can try, but uh, now modification is different. Modifications. I want to stress, don't use these often. You're going to want to, but don't use these often. The game is already set up the way it is meant to be. If you start throwing modify, well, you're rolling eight dice all the time. Yeah, because the PCs are supposed to actually get a successor too. They're supposed to move forward. Just put more things for them to fight against or have more things delay them to get to the point where, where they need those higher percentage of successes. Or pushing the role becomes important. You know, the enemy keeps locking all the doors in front of them, and you got to break through each one of them. You've only got one minute to get to before the core blows up. You know, something like that. Now, anyway, a uh, modifier plus one means you get one extra die to roll. A modifier minus one means you get one less die. That's that's all it is. Modifiers are plus or minus dice. The main time that you're going to get. Uh, modifiers is when people help you and that's going to be coming up soon here are the skills okay here you go yeah so we talked about just going to look at the dancer for now or the first one we talked about you doing a dexterity check that's sure. the dancer so right. this would also be your uh range oh no range combat is the judge sir because dexterity is based on agility and range combat is also based on agility so if you want to get a better shot use the judge if you want to do, where's the computer one? Use the messenger to use computers better. Makes sense, yeah. So, there you go. And that's who you'd pray to. All right. Um, that shows the percentages. You, you can, don't need to know that. Boop. Gear, oh, uh, gear. Good gear gives positive modifiers. I, I probably should have said this is the most common place that you're going to get modifiers, but I'm used to these being their own dice, so my apologies in that one. Good gear can give you positive modifiers also, usually between one and three. Lists of weapons and other gear can be found in Chapter 6. Interestingly enough, a lot of the gear in Coriolis actually gives you initiative boost, too. That's great. Yes, especially when initiative is a D6. And you now have a gun that gives you a plus two to initiative. I'll take it. Yeah. So uh, I, I find that to be really interesting. It's one of the things that in my play test I kind of found was a little OP, for lack of a better term. I didn't like it, but that's just my taste. But anyway, difficulty, exact difficulty of reaction is not that important. Only challenging actions should ban dice rolls. But there may be situations when the GM wishes to emphasize that some circumstance or, uh, some circumstance or other either makes your action harder or easier to do. Again, 
don't utilize that a lot. Utilize it when it really makes sense to what's going on. Help from others, you get plus one for each person attempting to help you for a, to for a maximum of plus three. Caveat this game really does not like modifiers to go beyond plus or minus three. Well, yeah, well, think about that. If you plus, if you're already rolling, let's say uh, you've got a four. That's that's maximum for a normal, not a key attribute. And you've got a skill rating of three. That's seven dice right there. You've got a gear rating of one or two. We'll just say one. That's eight dice. And now you're adding three, eleven dice. At that, after that, do you really need to roll? <laughs> like, like I, I think that's the point of it. That's probably the one weakness about the Year Zero engine, and maybe why they went to the other version of it is that once you get so many dice out there, it's going to stop the game to fail because you're all going to be laughing at the person. Uh, helping someone perform... Okay, so in combat. We haven't got into it yet, but this game uses an action point system, three action points. When you're in combat, so utilizing those action points, helping someone perform a slow action counts as a slow action because you're helping the person do a slow action. Mm -hmm. Helping someone with a normal or fast action counts as a normal action for you. That's right. Even if it's a fast action for the other person, it's a normal action for you. And the way I like it is because you're taking a second to go, oh, yeah, I'll help you. Yeah. Um, command. The command skill can be used for a more effective assistance. Instead of an automatic plus one, a commander provides a modifier equal to the number of sixes of her command roll. So if she orders you better, guess what? It's more than this plus one right here. Uh, command is a great skill, and I actually utilize that in that video. And NPCs can help each other also. Simultaneous actions. Simultaneous actions are just like, hey, I'm sneaking. You're trying to watch for somebody sneaking. You both roll at the same time. Only the actor counts as an action. So if I'm trying to sneak past Heathen Dog, it costs me an action because I'm the actor in that sense. His is like a passive ability, and he rolls. The difference being is he doesn't get to push his role. I do. Mm. Now, if he's overtly saying, I'm using my action to look. Now, that's a scouting. It's more of a scouting role. That wouldn't be for a sneaky sneak. But you might be looking for somebody hiding in the bushes. Yep. Then he's the actor and he can push his role. And me being the hider, I, I roll and Damn. I don't get to push yet. Hopefully that makes sense. All right, general skills. We're going to talk about the general skills. We're going to look at them quickly. We're not going to read through every single one of them. Uh, we will look over each one, though. Again, here are the modifiers if you want to use them. Dexterity. It's based on the attribute agility. What's, what's a failure? If you fail to jump, climb, or sprint, you stumble and fail to reach your goal. Depending on the circumstances, you're in a high risk of taking damage. The Game Master is not wrong for saying, oh, you trip and fall and smack your head on the wall and take one point of damage. He's not being a dick by doing that. You failed. And since there's no attribute damage in this game, like the other ones, or like Mutant Year Zero, I should say, or Forbidden Lands, literally nothing wrong with the Game Master saying that if you fail. Limited success. You pull off the maneuver, but just barely. They, they'll say this all the time. Just barely, just barely, just barely. Now It has, it has no mechanical uh, consequence, right? Right, right. It just means you succeeded. You're done. Don't ask for anything else. You got the bare minimum of what you wanted. Now, critical success is you succeeded with flawless skill and you achieved some unexpected positive side effect, like helping a friend or creating an obstacle for an enemy. The GM decides the details. My suggestion with this one is, is yes, the GM decides the details, but it's always interesting to let the players have 
ideas of their own as they're describing the character's actions. Uh, roll 20. Well, no, I, I, <laughs> no, that is not damage works in the game, but uh, <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, I know you could do that for strength. Now, this is lifting something. What happens if you fail? Well, you tried to lift it and you didn't. You're just a wuss. If you did do it, you lifted it, but you're like a deadlifter at the Olympics. Like, it's up and then boom, it's down. Hopefully somebody got through. <laughs> if you beat the challenge, you receive some expected positive side effect. For example, wounding an enemy. You lifted it up and then you chucked it at the enemy and did some damage to him. Helping a friend find a new way ahead. Okay, you lifted it up and or you ripped open that air, airline door and your friend started going through and you're still holding it, still holding it, whatever. You know, you can find, and of course you got yourself in as well, right? Infiltration. This is uh, for your sneaky sneaky. Sp uh, enemy sponsor hears you. This is one that actually has a little bit of a repercussion. You avoid detection, but are forced to take a detour to your destination. An enemy might also sense that something is up and start looking for you. Didn't see you. Something doesn't feel right. Those hackles are up. Okay. Critical success. Hey, just go. And if you're doing a sneaky, sneaky punch in the back, you little thief attack, you get plus two. Nice. Manipulate. This is yapping at people. This has the same social combat as every, uh, every other the user engine game, except for in this case, it's manipulation versus manipulation. And failure opponent refuses to listen won't accept your demands limited your opponent must make a choice either do as you want or attack physically right now but even if she agrees she can demand something of you in return so you'll get what you want but she might say great yeah i'll, I'll give you uh i'll give you this engine part but that's a that's a mighty pretty weapon you got there and as long as it isn't completely detrimental to the character that's a mighty pretty weapon yeah you want to see it up close bang well, you could do that, but then this would never be in play anymore, and you'd be a criminal. <laughs> oh, no, I'm a criminal. Oh, geez, what will I do? What will my mom say? Shut up. Uh, you're in a world that bases its background on religion, so uh, you might lose a hand or a neck. <laughs> nah, I'll be fine. Could be. Uh, your opponent is so... Oh, critical success. Your opponent is so moved by the strength of your personality that she accepts your demands without asking for anything in return. Or you can inflict stress points which we'll get into next week. And then leverage. This is, uh, you know, I keep saying these are the same things before, but I have to make the assumption you guys haven't read before. So when testing manipulation, so you are trying to convince, I'm trying to convince Heathen Dog to give me that pretty weapon of his. Do I have more people on my side? If so, I get a plus one to the roll. If what I'm asking for really doesn't cost him anything, he's got like 50 of those guns. You know, who cares? Or he doesn't even care about it. He stole it from somebody else. Whatever. It's not even a good one. You know, it could be another plus one. I already heard him. I bopped him in the nose. Said, Give me your gun. Now, you know, he gives me a little, uh, uh, I don't want to say impetus, uh, improvement to my chances of him actually complying. I've helped him. So I didn't bop him in the nose. I healed his nose. Isn't that nice of me. Put a bandage on your nose. Nice. Or you present a strong case. Dude, bad guys are coming. And I know you look cool with that gun, but I actually know how to use the damn thing. Let me have it. Those things can give me a plus one. On the flip side, if he has more people with me, because apparently he has friends and I don't. What you're asking for is expense. This is his favorite gun, and it cost him a lot. It's his dad's heirloom. Why would it's he give it to him? and everything. Yeah, right? He has nothing to gain from it. How <laughs> would I give you this? Go away. You and your opponent have trouble understanding each other. You know, he's speaking bocce. 
and the distance between your opponent, uh, you and your opponent, is short or longer range. Like, hey, can I have your gun? Fuck you. Oops, I'm not supposed to cuss, sorry. You know? <laughs> um, anyway, it's minus one for each of those factors. So those can go up and down. And th this chart, I had one person in the Meet Near Zero side say, wow, I have to remember all that? It's pretty simple. Once you look at it a couple times, you'll have more manipulation roles in the game than you'll want. Trust me. Every single time I've done my Forbidden Lands uh, uh, playtesting with people, I spend more time doing social interactions <laughs> anything else because they're all trying to be like heathen dog and uh convince people to give up their wives so I mean, anyway what else is there what else is there if you have a silver tongue you go for the gold man there you go melee combat uh this is using weapons and is smacking people with uh swords observation this is you know looking for the person trying to sneaky sneak past you or just to see you're looking down the hallway. Is the uh, is uh, oh is the panel uh, is the panel broken? Well, it's there's sparks and so forth going on. I need you to make an observation roll. Uh, you you rolled it. You made it. You look closely. Yeah, there's a lot of sparks, but it is still operational right now. Just be careful when you put your hand on there. Wear rubber gloves. Sure, something like that. Uh, you come if failures. You uh, faulty conclusion. The GM gives you false information. I love it. Or, or either you can't make it out, or the GM can screw yeah. you over. Yeah. Well, I mean, I told you you could put your hand on it. <laughs> uh, you can see what it is, but can't tell much detail. GM gives you correct but brief information. Critical success. I don't want to go overboard on this, but essentially anything you'd want to know about that, you can have the information as long as it's not like reading an encyclopedia. Like, hey, uh, yes, you can use that, but you're going to have to jury rig it with, uh, with you know, a bypass unit, you know, something like that. If you, can, if you connect the two, two ends of the bypass unit, you can get through. All right, hey, somebody got a bypass unit? You'll, you'll know that kind of uh, information. And your reputation can also affect the role. And I'm not going to go through groups or spotting hidden. Oh, this is like every user engine game in Coriolis, you don't roll dice to find hidden objects. Secret doors are clues. If you describe to the GM that you are searching the correct spot, he should just let you find it. I love that rule. That is a good rule. If you're looking in the underwear drawer where the note is hidden or the jewelry is hidden, you found it. You don't have to make a roll to see if you actually found it sitting. It's dumb. So. Okay. Range combat is shooting people. Survival is pretty much everything to do with survival. It's about being lost. It's about finding food, shelter, water. Uh, yeah, if you, if you fail, you're lost, unable to find food or clean water. Limited success, you find your way, find clean water, find food, but only enough for yourself. Like, hey, I found a hovel, don't know what you guys are going to do. And if you got a critical success, you find a shortcut to your destination, can get there quicker. Time is actually a factor in this game, more so than I think most of the other ones that I've had to deal with. There's always some sort of time element in this game. Beating somebody to a location, uh, saving the ship before it goes boom, you know, things like that. Uh, but, uh, this case, you find a shortcut, find clean water and food for yourself, plus a D6 others. Or you construct a sturdy shelter that can be used again later. Okay. And now the advanced skills. Hopefully this makes sense why these are advanced skills and why you need to have training in order to use them. First is command. Anybody can scream out what somebody should do. But this person is a capable leader. Uh, says it the right way. Yes, says the it the right way. Motivational way. And for some person, that could be screaming at them. For another person, be like, "Good job, buddy. Now go out there and go get them again." Um, also, command can be used to help recover mind points. 
that's stress in this game. Sure. Culture, this is anything to do with arts, understanding. Um, here, I'll just read it because I'll, I'll miss a point. Uh, you're a person of wisdom with insight in a wide array of subjects. You have studied the diverse cultures and peoples of the horizon and know their traditions, faiths, and superstitions. You're also familiar with their home planets, beings, and animals. Test culture, see if you can recall something advanced, like the proper greeting among the Sagoy of Kua. The trade routes across the Salam plains of Algo or of Bokor can be driven off through prayer. So, failure, you don't know, or you're mistaken. Uh, limited success. But why do you, so why do you think that this is an advanced skill, not just something? Well, because it takes a lot of study. To, to have this knowledge ready to be useful at a moment's notice. It actually takes hours and hours and hours of studying all these different cultures from all these different people to gain the knowledge necessary to perform this skill. I get it. All right. So I got a question. Is this a viable solo system? It can be uh, with a few tweaks. I I've seen people actually do so. Not of Coriolis, but I've seen people do uh, solo Let's Plays of Mutant Year Zero and of Forbidden Lands, which is the same basic system. So if they can do it, you can do it. Uh, da -da -da. Now, next. And I'm going to ask that pretty much each time, and it's not because I'm putting Heathen Dog to the test. It's because I just want, you know, so you understand out there why. Datagen. Terminal sensors and advanced data systems are all part of everyday life in the Third Horizon. Most computers are voice-operated, but interaction through touchpads, data stylus, or via the user cybernetics is not uncommon. Most people in Horizon can use basic data systems, but advanced operations require a datagen test. For example, entering protected systems, modifying or writing a new program, or counteracting spyware and attack memes. Also, uh, reprogramming starships. You, know, you can sit there and say, hey, starship, uh, send me to that planet. And that's probably not a big deal. But if you're, uh, if you're trying to do something like, hey, we need to go, I'm using a Battletech term now, I don't care. We need to go specifically to, the, to a pirate point and that's not in the system. So I've got I've to make sure that the computer can get us there safely. Well, you'd be making a datagen test. Okay. Failure. Something goes wrong. The result is the opposite of what he'd hoped. Hey, what planet is that? Why are they shooting at us? Uh, limited success. You reach your goal, but it takes longer than expected and some sort of complication arises out of the way. <laughs> oh, the engine shut down. Hey, while you're down there, can you get me a new engine? New spark plug, please. And critical success. You reach your goal and achieve some unexpected bonus. Here's what I don't like about this, and I'll see if Heathen Dog sees it. Do you notice the difference between these two? Yes. What's the difference? Well, let me phrase it. Let me phrase it. Not difference just between one's a limited success, one's critical success, but there's something to me missing. Yeah, there, there's a step missing. Yes. Regular success. Regular success yeah. is missing through all this. Either you fail, something bad happens, or you succeed, but maybe something bad happens as well, or you succeed so brilliantly that something good happens. Where is just you get it? <laughs> exactly what you wanted where the hell is that yep. i don't like this limited success thing at all all it's there is to try and force you to push your role again 
That's all it's there for. That's it. Well, it's actually it well to screw you over as a player. It's stated to push the story along. It's one. It's a. It's a. It's a railroad. It honestly is a railroad system. You want them to talk to Bob because you've. For whatever reason, Bob's got some information that moves the story along. Well, now, guess what? Bob's the guy that's got the sprocket. It's a, it, but outside of that, it's not necessarily about pu- pushing the role. They want to push the role just to get the success. Believe me, when you see how... Remember when we complained that um, the 2D20 system had too much in the way of dark symmetry and then darkness points and then the, i forget what the all terms were all this stuff like all these points is like this weird meta game where everything's stacking up and we, yeah. we were even saying like man that game master can have like 50 tokens here and just go you lose well that can happen here as well i agree with you 100 there's a step missing and and i do agree that pushing the role is is a secondary consideration but the primary consideration is for the purposes of push is railroading the characters and i have a problem with that because i don't like railroading them like that right this is this is what i would do i would do one limited success two successes is a success yeah and three successes is a critical success it fits fits like it should have been written that way but that's a a great house rule yeah metacurgy Having this skill means that you are trained in the healing arts, how to care for the ill and the wounded, and how to treat psychic maladies. Yes, medicine in this game means you can do it all. Nice. You, are, you are the doctor. You can do it all. You don't need seven characters. Um, when we talk about Forbidden Lands, you'll know what I'm talking about. You don't need a bunch of different characters to try to figure out how to heal each different type of wound. Okay, there's only two you need there, but still. Um, skillful medicators also perform cosmetic surgery and bionic sculpting. We'll talk about that later. So, failure. You have no ideas what's ailing the patient. Dude, you got the sniffles. I don't tell you. You're, you're Zoidberg. You're Zoidberg. <laughs> <laughs> Little girl. <laughs> uh, limited success. You have a good guess. Again. <laughs> I don't want my doctor guessing. That is not a success. If you have to guess, you failed again. The GM gives you correct but brief information. The sniffles are probably due to some something... Um, uh, oh my god! Something uh, either viral or bacterial. Let's let's go <laughs> ahead and uh, and just give you all all of the cures. Well, I, if you didn't know what I had, wouldn't you do that anyway? Shut up. I didn't want to say carcinogenic because that that gets too far. But yeah, yeah, something seems to be uh, stimulating your sinuses. Wow! Thanks, Doc. Appreciate Obviously, it. you're gonna do a little more than that. But yeah, it, it's again sometimes the way this is worded, and I agree with Heathen Dog on this one. There's no middle step again. You make a correct diagnosis, and you remember something that gives you an extra bonus. Wait, you got the sniffles, and we're on Kua. Oh, that must be the bubonic plague. Take this. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, mystic powers. Here we go. You ready to read about some magic? Hit me. In the last few years, reports of mystics. People with special powers have started to surface. The reaction didn't take long. Among the religious cults, mystics have either been murdered or worshipped as heralds of the icons. That kind of sounds like people, right? Yeah. It also sounds like they're also missing a step. (laughs) Depending on the cult's beliefs. Uh, The Bulletin's newscast and Coriolis have reported uh, from council meetings on the highest political level debating the legitimacy of the mystical powers. Some people don't believe that they work. To acquire the skill when creating your PC, you must pick the subconcept mystic, page 35. We, we looked at that real quickly last week. 
You can, however, acquire the skill during play, regardless of concept. Oh, crap, I did not actually know that. I thought you had to pick at the beginning, so I was mistaken when I said you had to pick at the beginning. This means that dormant powers within you suddenly manifest themselves. Surprise! Each mystic power counts as a separate talent. And we will talk about that in... We're not going to dive deep into each power, but we are going to look at the talents in the next video. Each okay. activation gives the GM one darkness point. Good job. You used your power. Thank you. <laughs> Failure, the power misfires somehow, giving you false information or some other undesired effect. Now, why does it say this? I just want to be upfront with you. You're not throwing fireballs. Okay. The powers in this game are largely based on senses. Senses. Uh, scrying. Uh... I think there's a I think there's a blinding one if I remember correctly. We'll we'll look at it. It's it's things to do with perception, seeing the okay. future, seeing distance, and hoping you're right. You know, there's gonna be a lot of tea leaves and tarot cards if you want to put it that way. Copy that. Through tremendous concentra concentration and force of will, you activate the power. Critical success, mystical energy surge through your body, activating the power and triggering an unexpected but positive bonus effect. Details are up to the game master. Okay, so in this one, limited success is actually regular success. Yeah. It's just regular because it didn't say anything possibly could go wrong. Well, because there's already a drawback. The game master gets a darkness point. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Pilot, you're the one with the ship. All right, you, you know you know what piloting is. Yeah, yeah, yeah driving yeah. or piloting. Uh, you fail depending on the circumstances. The outcome can be anything from embarrassing to fatal. Oops, you smacked yeah, you, you smacked the the. Uh, the, the barrier you, you, now again you're not going to have somebody make a piloting roll to park a ship unless that person's trying to park it under duress he's trying to escape from Tatooine where the uh, uh, TIE fighter's shooting at him okay that, then you might roll but just to land though limited I have a success. problem with this limited success Go you perform the maneuver the smallest margin possible you had people that's, going, oh, that's a critical success that's, that, that makes you look the coolest like you dodged it within an inch an inch or you you the door was closing and you made it but but it's you scraped the paint that's cool man i want that i'll actually re-roll to get less sixes <laughs> okay critical success you perform the maneuver flawlessly and you achieve an unexpected positive side effect i mean the, the last couple are obvious but let's let's do this again why do you think pilot is an advanced skill well that's not hard either i mean don't you think anybody uh, should be able to drive a car or no, fly no, just well, a spaceship any, between anyone, here and there? Anyone can drive a car. That's true. Even even someone, as long as you're an adult, you get into a car, give them 10 minutes, they can figure it out. They can get it from point A to point B as long as you're going, you know, slow and there's there's nothing strange comes up. But when something strange comes up and you have to make a fast movement or a quick decision, you need to have that muscle memory. You need to have that that uh, that actual training that will kick in to override your your uh, your decision making tree and just go for the result. And you only get that through hours and hours of of repetition and training. And what he implied but didn't say: only roll when you're under duress, when it's an actual yeah. challenge. Yes, you don't have to roll if you're just going down the driveway. All right. It, it's sunny day. There's no water, no no oil on the ground. You're you're trying to repark the car to another spot in the driveway. Any any game master who makes you roll for that, just take your dice and walk away. 
he's gonna be, he's he's gonna make you roll to tie your shoes too, and you don't want that. True story. <laughs> Science. You're an academic trained in the scientific tradition. You are well read on everything from astrophysics and geochemistry to bionics and social arithmetics. That sentence had to be put in there because what field of science should it be? Look, man, the game only has 16 skills. It's all of them. Deal with it. To, except for culture. Except for anthropology. Right. There you go. Um, to test science, see, to see if you can figure something out that requires advanced scientific knowledge, like how to calculate a portal jump or where to find xenon gas pockets on a frozen megaplanet. If you have access to relevant databases, you get a positive modifier. Hey, you know how to research. Phil, you, you have, don't know. You have gear in the form of a technical <laughs> order or a research book. Okay. Limited success. Your knowledge is limited. GM gives you correct but brief information. It's over there. Okay. That's what I wanted. So, <laughs> no, all right. right. I, you gave me exactly what I asked for. So, all right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Critical success. You know the subject like the back of your hand. It's over there, six feet under. Great. Thanks. <laughs> and, uh, and come to think of something that gives you an extra bonus. Oh, there's actually a bigger pocket because we... I don't know. Finally, technology. Others may view technical gadgets as almost magical, but you understand their inner workings. This skill is used when handling machines, mechanics, electronics, and explosives. Boom, boom. Failure. Something goes wrong. Boom. The result it's is opposite of what you wanted. Result, it says and. Hmm? Not can be. And. Also is. The result is the opposite of what you wanted. I wanted to blow him up. I failed. Oh, I blew me up. Oh. Limiting success. You reach your goal, but it takes longer than expected, and some sort of complication arises along the way. If you're holding a bomb, you don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want that. Some sort of, compl some sort of complication arises. Uh, it's like it's that. using the the Futurama one again. It's like I, I forget how the numbers went, but they had the the box upside down, <laughs> so it's actually 25 seconds instead of 52 minutes. Right. Uh, Critical success. You reach your goal as well as achieving some unexpected bonus effect. A bigger boom. Again, we're missing a we're missing a regular success in the middle. Yeah. I, I, okay. I don't want him. No. 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 Gomer Pyle over here. I don't want him on my team. No. Nope. It looks like he touched too many electro sockets. I know. I know. It looks like he's he just shat himself <laughs> from Ooh. fear. It looks <laughs> like it. The last and known image I don't, I don't of need that guy on my team. They give a name here. No, this is the last known image of Heathen Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Okay, that should be it. Yeah, that is it. So we went through those a little more in depthly than I'd planned, but I, I, again, per request out there, people wanted us to not skip so many things, and I think we covered each one of those. There are eight general skills. So what's the takeaway? The takeaway: eight general skills, eight advanced skills. You cannot use those advanced skills. You cannot. Set a bomb off if you don't have at least one point in technology. Technology is related to your wits. So if you have one point in technology and two points in wits, guess how many dice you're rolling? Woohoo, three. And you got three dice to roll to set off that bomb. Should I roll it for you? See if, see if you can do it? Go for it. No, no, I got it. I got it. I you got, got it? it? Okay. I got it. Nope. <laughs> oh, wait. No, no. I'm going to pray to my icons and push the roll. Okay. Reroll all of my dice. I didn't get any ones though, but nope. So, right before the big fireball, Heathen Dog looks like this. <laughs> <laughs> I just shat myself <laughs> and then I blew up. But no one's going to know if I shat myself before the bomb went off or after. 
Uh, so it's all gonna be burnt anyway. I'm okay. I'm okay. My my mama can still be proud. <laughs> I wore clean underwear, as far as anyone knows. So next in the next video, we are gonna talk about where is it? Down here. There we go. Talents. Those little tips and tricks and little nuggets that you can do with your character to have something special about your character. And we'll talk about that in the next video. So, all right, Heathen Dog, give me the comments that we had here and also remind people like, subscribe, and share. Okay, uh, there's really nothing that that is uh, either them talking to each other or nothing about the game itself, except for, yeah, yeah, that, that guy does look like Heathen Dog. Ha, 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 no, shut up. Shut up, Nerdy Ogre. There is no resemblance. Nothing earlier. All right. I I have never shat. I've never shat myself because I failed to properly prime an explosive. All right. If you don't think there are any comments there, I'm not going to scroll back because there are a lot of them, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. Set up for the next one. What page is that? Sixty nine, dude. Feed. All right. Give me a second. I had some medication that I was taking a few years ago. A lot of you who watch the Friday Night Chill stream already probably know this, but... Uh, oh, he, the one that turned your nipples black. What? No. Oh. Nipples, what? No. Uh, okay. So I, I can't have kids. So uh, my, my swimmers are... They're, they're too lazy. I mean, I technically can, but the chances are low. They're, they're as lazy as I am. So like, eh, that's a lot of work. I don't want to swim up that thing. That's, that sucks. So uh, I was on some uh, medicine in Germany that was supposed to kick that into overdrive and so forth. And as soon as I, I, I took it, and about a week later, every time I coughed, I'd shit myself. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, the swimmers are coming out of the wrong hole. Yeah, right. So I stopped. <laughs> and that there went away. That, that went away almost instantly. And the doctor's like, that shouldn't happen. There's, I've never heard of that before. I'm like, all right, well, let me... Start taking again. So about three or three, four, five, six months later, however long it was, I started taking the medicine again. And within a week, every time I'd cough, sneeze, or damn near breathe heavy, I'd shit myself. It's like, yeah, doc, I'm not taking. And your doc's like, there's nothing in there that would do that. I'm like, well, that might be nice, but you know, when I'm sitting in my car and I go, <coughs> and also I'm like, well, crap, now I gotta clean my seat. There's something <laughs> wrong, and I gotta burn that underwear. No, like so, uh, yeah. That's not good. Yeah, it wasn't good. All right, for the second part of today's series, series we'll, we'll call it that. We'll go with that on Coriolis. We're going to talk about talents. Talents is a, are those little extra je ne sais quoi ability that your characters have to, uh, how do I say this, to give them a little extra effect in very specific circumstances. One of the things that I came across from the Mutant Year Zero uh, videos is that people are like, man, these talents seem worthless. No, the talents are very specific. Now, the cool thing about Coriolis is you get more talents. The problem with that is uh, they're not, it's not as much of a choice as you might think it is. And we will get to that here in just a moment. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. 
the core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national, nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Chill Stream, where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. Well, I'm really glad we gave people in the chat a lot of things to talk about. And guess what? You don't know what it is because you weren't watching live. Yeah. <laughs> Become a member and you can watch these live after the fact. All right. Well, now that chat is going weird, uh, let's now talk about Coriolis and talents. And I think that was somewhere around 69. Yep, there it was. 69. Got that dude sitting out there. Look, I don't know why he's got a mask on. That mask looks heavy. Just take it off, dude. Just take it. Whoops. Ooh, what was that? Okay. There you go. Um, I really feel like my computer... Excuse me. It's acting weird today. All right. So what are talents? Well, first of all, talent... Let's just start here. Talents can change. And they change how you use skills and how you recover from injury and enable you to do things that are otherwise impossible. I wouldn't say impossible, but uh, they give you benefits in very niche circumstances. Do you remember how many talents you get as a starting character in all the Mutant Year Zero games? I thought it was just you get one, but you can buy another one during character creation and then get more during with experience. There's a very specific way to make that happen. Uh, okay. And you have to you have to actually kind of plan that out. Uh, it's it's one. Here you're gonna get three to four. Wow. There's a way to get four to start. But like I said at the beginning, the choices are a little limited. First of all, if you go back to the character creation video, video number two, you'll see that there were three. Now that's that's true across all the years of engine games. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. The ones we've covered, where if you played a certain role, you'd get a choice of three. You could pick one of three. Same thing here. When you pick a, a profession, you get a choice of three to start. But you also get a group talent. Now, we kind of glossed over that to some degree, where we show the different group types like mercenary, pilgrims, um, is it intelligence, I think another one is. You can go look at the first video for that, where it talks about the, the group type. But you're, you're going to get one for that. And every character has the same talent so you decide as a group what talent you want it to be really yep then you're going to get a personal talent now that's based on your character concept that's based on on your profession right so then you get an icon talent remember when your icon is rolled randomly right you got, got the, the dancer dance. so you'll have the dancer talent okay now if you play a humanite 
you know, a biosculpted monstrosity, you can sure. have a fourth talent. But you have to choose that right off the... Talent. What's that? It's a humanite only talent. Um, I, I, you might be right. I, you know what's weird? It's it says, special humanite talent, so only humanites get it, I imagine. I, I, it's funny. I just read this yesterday, and I don't remember if that's true. Well, we'll we'll look at them in a moment. We'll find out. Um, I didn't pay attention to humanites, to be honest with you. Mystical powers are a separate category of talents. Also, so are cybernetics. Those are all considered talents. You buy them like talents for the uh, for the cost of five experience. Yes, cybernetics also cost money. That makes but, you also, but you also have to pay experience for them to, uh, to get the talent aspect of it. I mean, you theoretically could say, I have a cybernetic arm, not pay any points for it, then it literally does nothing for you except for act as an arm. I mean, if that's really what you want to do. Acquiring new talents, uh, 5 XP, just like everything else. Not cybernetic or bionic, you need to spend both XP and burr, that's the money, I already mentioned that. In order to gain a new group talent, everyone in the group must spend 5 XP. So if Heathen Dog doesn't like it and he's a holdout, he's like, I'm not paying five for that one, then you don't get it. Nobody gets it. Yeah, right. Nobody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can never learn new icon talents. You were born under that sign. That is who you are. You know, in the real world, if you want to say, I'm a Leo, so I get whatever Leos get. Sure. And you can usually only take each talent once. Now, let's take a look at some of these. Uh, we never picked a... Uh, a group talent. But you got uh, a nose for burr. It's finding money. Everything is for sale. Quickest route. Assault. Charge. Master scouts. A friend in every port. Assassin's Guild. You can read the rest on the screen. We will look over some of those in a moment. Now, this is page 70. Let me go, I don't know, page 5-ish. Let's find out where it is. Group concept. Uh... What do you do? Oh, it might actually be in the character creation side. Yeah. Group concept. So, free traders. Does it say here? Free trader group concept. You can use the smugglers, bulk haulers, couriers. Or is it mercenary, soldier, legionnaire? Okay, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Explorers, agents. The group concept does matter, though. Clear carry. Okay. Background, choose a concept. Well, oh, there we go. Nope, it's not there. Well, that sucks that I don't remember where that is. No. Because it does matter what your... I thought it did. Well, maybe I'm wrong. That's what happens when you have too many games rattling through your head. Is that on the screen? Center! Jerk. <laughs> Tony, everything's acting weird today. It's not a good day. All right. Icon talents. Dan we'll look at the dancer's talent, but you, of course you have one for each one. Lady of Tears, Gambler, Merchant, Judge, Faceless One, etc. Then you get into the general talents. Now, general talents, you start with three, or one of three. Your mm -hmm. profession will give you a choice of three, of which you can select one. From that point on, they're all just intermixed. Unlike Mutineer Zero, where your talent is pretty much tied to your special skill. Well, there's no special skill in this game. Therefore, okay. anybody can pick. So if you start the game off, we'll just start with this one, Blessing. Eventually, anybody can get Blessing. You're not, you're not that special. 
only you can start with them. Humanite talents, pheromones, resistance. Oh, I love that. Water breathing. You actually have gills. Yeah, I want, suck that. I don't want gills. Pheromones, though, that sounds like a fun time. Cybernetic implants, accelerated reflexes, active sensors, body armor. And again, you can read more there. Lie detector. That's good, too. Skin electrodes. We can look at that later. Am I, am I a walking taser? <laughs> we can look at that. That would be cool. I, I don't know what they all are, to be honest with you. Bionic sculpts. So you can add, this is like pl um, plastic surgery on steroids. Right. You can regenerate. You could be That's beautiful. Awesome. So beautiful plus pheromones. Plus pheromones equals I, I've got gainful employment for at least 10 years. <laughs> there you go. Well, maybe longer than that because you're sculpted. That's true. I'm not I'm not actually going to degrade in that in that aspect. So that's good. Now let's look at these mystical powers, just the names of them for now. Artificer. I don't know, man. The I got the feeling in this game that magic is very much like Call of Cthulhu magic. It only makes things worse and I would probably stay away from it. I can't say that you're wrong. I'm not going to say that you're fully right, but I can't say that you're wrong. I mean, anything that gives a game master a, a darkness point. Can't be all good. Yeah. We have artificer, clairvoyant, exorcist, intuition, mind reader, mind walker, prediction, premonition, stop, telekinesis. This is probably the most active one. Stop's pretty cool too, though. Hey, stop. Um, notice again, no fireballs. No uh, sure. healing. No lightning bolts. Yeah. No laying on hands. Right. Well, I mean, there's a, there's exorcist. <laughs> but yeah. All right, let's take a look at what some of these are. Oh, here's here's where it is. Oh my god, I thought it was in the other section. Nope, it's right here. <laughs> this is why I knew it was. So, free trader. What did we didn't pick one for your uh, no dancer? Go ahead and pick free trader mercenary. Uh, pilgrim, agent, explorer, agent, agent. Okay, so you're an agent method. So you guys can pick again as a team. You figure this out. A friend in every port. You can find a useful contact in a new place. The contact can protect you, lend you gear, lend, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or vouch for you with the local rulers. Hey, I've known Heathen Dog going way back. Good guy. He'll be all right. No problem. And you know what? And his friends, his friends are, you know, good people. So the GM gets one darkness point per use. Gross. Use once per session for the whole group, not once for PC. Almost all of these, if not all, of the group talents are once per session for the group. Sure. Okay, now, Meth Head Heathen Dog is uh, part of the Assassin's Guild. And want okay. a friend in every port. Assassin, excuse me, Assassin's Guild. You can test infiltration instead of melee combat when you make a melee combat against an enemy who isn't aware of you. Ooh, that's nice. Because chances are okay. this is going to be higher, right? Because sure, you know, you're yeah. Trying because to that's because if you choose that, you you already know that your infiltration skill you put more points into it. So, or else you wouldn't get this. That'd be dumb. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I put a limiter on this. Yeah, because it doesn't say once per session. Right. You can use it every time no one knows you're there. Right. No. 
I I say once per encounter. That that's how that's now again. I've never fully run the game in a campaign sense, but this yeah. one to me becomes once per encounter. It may work like that just because because uh, once you backstab somebody and it's like, oh my god, my 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 liver, you know, and and everyone else now knows you're there. Un unless you have a way to mystically become invisible again, then uh, no, they're gonna know you're there. Even if they I, can't see you, they know you're there. I also state that explicitly instead of keeping it implicitly because I know how players try to rationalize everything and I don't want to have a 20 minute argument with somebody. But no, no, see, I actually left and I went around behind the bar and I waited there for three turns. So he shouldn't really know that I'm still there because he's focused on, no, uh -huh. once per encounter. Sure. So Now, last one is Dancers of Alam. You can test dexterity instead of manipulation when trying to make a good impression. Got some good moves there, girl. <laughs> hey, it's uh, what it what it's actually meant to represent is time? is you know how to stand, you know how to kind of lean, you know how to be. You've practiced these positions. It's like uh, again, I always forget her name, but Marina Beccarin's character from Firefly. Um, how that's what the representation is you know how to have these poses and positions and smiles and winks and just the proper the proper positioning that make people think your way everything from mimicking what they do to and so on and so forth so instead of doing manipulation use dexterity because you're very smooth about that okay now again every every group has one so of those three I mean, they're all different. This is great for having contacts or, you know, for getting information. This is great if you just want to stab people. And this is great if you have somebody, you know, going with the whole biosculpting thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you want to pick up a chick and, and instead of having to finesse her with with words or, you know, you know, a pickup line or whatever, you can just go there and, and do something that, that is physically impressive using, using dexterity. And you now have impressed her as if you made a manipulation role. That's really good. All right, as for the rest of these, I'll just glance over them. Survivors, truth seekers, pilgrims get last laugh. Mercy of the icons. Funny because that's the name of the main campaign. Uh, oh. The one that I have three books of. One last burr. Make a living out of your craft or performances. You're the, you're the guitar player in the subway. You're the bard. Could be. Icon talents. Okay. Not going to read them all. But let's but definitely it is, look. It's based on the icon you were born with during character creation. But I specifically want to look at Heathen Dogs because he got the dancer. I did. So what is your talent? You can evade an incoming attack, taking no Ooh. damage. So remember yes. before you're like, the dancer, that sounds dumb. Well, now you can choose to activate the talent after a successful attack roll, but before you roll any cover or armor dice oh sorry uh, i should probably note this because uh, yeah, it's once per session again and gives oh, okay. the game master a darkness point yeah you can't do oh. that constantly but okay. if there's a That's big good. if there's a big shot broken. coming in at you though <laughs> you want that to not hit you i get it all right so and you can see the other ones here the judge is a really common one people love the judge you deal an, judge? Uh, you deal an automatic critical injury when your attack hits 
Regardless of whether the attack penetrated cover and armor, any other effects from the attack are resolved as usual. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Game Masters. It's already mentioned in all the free league games, but I know you want to be nice to your players. You want you want to be cool with your players. Screw that. Players make their characters in front of you and together. Icons are randomly rolled. They are not meant to be put together to min-max. It's very possible, yes, the player who's the data gen gets the judge. Too bad. It's not meant to be min-maxed. General Towns. Now, these are the ones that you can buy for five each. Uh, let's just read a couple of them off. We got Blessing up here. Combat Veteran. This is a pretty popular one. You can make your initiative roll with two dice and choose the best one. Oh, so for the, for your D20 players, you have initiative advantage. Yeah, there you go. With D6s, though. If you also have accelerated reflexes, you get to roll your initiative with three dice and choose the best one. Eh. Same. Well, accelerated reflexes gives you two dice on its own. Yeah. It just so adds one just more. Extra one. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Exospecialist. You get plus two to dexterity or force when handling an exo of some kind from loaders to battle exos. This is your this is right. Yeah, it's your battle armor. Uh what's it, what's that one? Faction standing, I don't care. Right nine now. lives. Nine lives. Okay, I'll read that. nine lives. No matter how bad it looks, you always seem to come out of situations alive. When you suffer a critical injury, you get to switch the dice, turning tens into ones and vice versa. So when you roll that oh. critical injury and you get a is it tens in this game? I thought it was sixes still. Oh. Uh and you roll a ninety-four. Well, now it's a 49, and believe me, a 49 is be much better than a 94. I get it. And it's on page 94. Look at that. Maybe that was subliminally in my brain. Now. Hey, it was. Uh, gearhead, intimidating, judge of character, license. You have the proper license to buy restricted gear and weapons. That's a good one. That is a good one. You can purchase the items if you can afford them and if they're available at your location. Being licensed is not the same as being permitted to carry all kinds of weaponry in public, however. Different jurisdictions are going to have different laws, especially within the factions. That makes sense. But you're, allow you're allowed to at least purchase it without getting in trouble. Uh, malicious, when you successfully manipulate someone, inflict at least one point of stress. Third, uh, oh, oh, are we in magic already? I don't think so. No. Third eye, you have the ability to sense an ambush. Once per session, you avoid the effects of being surprised. The talent also gives you a constant plus two to observation. A constant when, to try, when trying to detect a sneak attack or ambush. By the way, sneak attack in the year zero games, all of them, sneak attacks and ambushes are exactly how you win fights. The ability to have plus two to avoid that is better than the initiative as far as I'm concerned. And... We'll do Heathen Dogs Mech Warrior 5 character. Wealthy family, you can use rumors of your family's vast riches to give yourself plus two to manipulation in any situation the GM deems is relevant. Whether the rumors are true or not doesn't matter. You know, my family can hire a hit out on you. <laughs> oh, you're are you the Wong of the Mars Wongs? But you have to come from a privileged background. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would I mean, that makes sense. You actually have to have the family name. <laughs> crafty says the third book doesn't exist. the third book isn't bad until right until the end when you're like, humanite talents all right what are these pheromones that heathen dog wants so bad i want them yummy 
You have the ability to transmit and receive pheromones via enlarged dermal glands on your check, chest, neck, or face. Sure. Your, fer- your pheromones spread throughout the air and will not work in a vacuum or affect people in exos. The pheromones make great. others obey you. You get a plus two to manipulation, one use per session, because you got to oh, build them back one- up. Oh, man. That's lame. Hey, doesn't say there's a limit to the obeying. That's true. Just once per session. And plus two to manipulation. Uh, resistant. Your body can endure extreme weather and other natural hazards. The talent counts as armor with an armor rating of six against natural damage. So, you know, if a rock slide hits you, it, yeah. six Not bullets, in. but, you know, yep. fire, uh, cold from environment, mm-hmm. rock slide, rain, hail, whatever. You can combine okay. resistant with rugged for a total armor rating of nine against natural damage. And I did look... This one uses the old style armor system, so that's nine dice. Okay. I thought this one used the, the specific number, but I guess that's just Twilight 2000. Water breathing. You can breathe normally underwater. That makes sense. Cybernetic. Let's just look at a couple. Uh, we have accelerated reflexes, active sensors, endoskeleton, language modulators, cybernetic muscles. Anything stand out for you that you like? Passive sensors, lie detector, built-in weapon. People like that, right? Yeah, the weapon. Well, no, there there was another Probably. there was another sexy one in here somewhere. Servos locks, voice amplifier, water breathing, waterproof, skin electrodes. That's the one. Oh, that was the one. Uh, walking taser. That's right. Your palms are fitted with conductive surfaces capable of transmitting powerful electrical shocks. There you go. After a successful unarmed attack, you can choose to inflict two points of stress. That's the mind damage instead of dealing damage. Each additional six inflicts one extra point of stress. All right. 6,000 burr for that bad boy, though. Wow. It's a lot, but it's very useful. Targeting scope. Most of that, he says, the most expensive one. That might be it right there. 20,000, 4,000, 1, 3, 6, 7, 7, 7, 12, 4. All right, yeah, targeting scope is the most, that's going to reduce range. Where is it? Oh, one of your eyes has been enhanced. Not with the worm that ate it, by the way. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> Earth on reference. Drink. Uh, one of your eyes has been enhanced with a targeting scope. Makes it easier to hit with firearms. Plus one to ranged combat at short range and above. Does not work for quick shots. Oh, that's okay. I thought it was going to reduce the thousand bucks. Wow. One of the things about Year Zero Engine, it does not like to give modifiers to combat. No. It's in all the games. That's why it costs that much. This is a modifier to combat. Because they know how prevalent combat is in this game. Now, your bionic skull. There it is. There's your beautiful. So, by the way, it costs 5 XP and burr. We'll see what the burr is. 25k for that one. And 6 days of healing after the procedure. Eh, whatever. Hey, you know what? It's it's hard being pretty. It is. Your beauty is breathtaking. Whether by classical standards... Or tasteful originality. You turn heads wherever you go. Your biosculpted look gives you plus two to manipulation whenever they can affect the situation. People with the appropriate sexual orientation tend to fall in love with you. If you're in a place with different ideals of beauty, the GM may decide to ignore your modifier. So uh, I don't want to go there. Well, I mean, you know, if you if you're uh, what from you know the Samoan Islands, you might come to America, and you know the standards are a little different. But, but uh, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a uh, female privilege right here. That's what that is. 
built-in weapon, nimble, morph, intelligent. Your brain's biocode. Yeah, this this is a good one. Your brain's biocode and cognitive pathways have been altered to make you cold and logical. Oh, I love it. Well, eh, plus one to all science tests, but minus two to manipulation. That's fine. Hey, if if you're not moved by facts and precedent and all things that are real, then I don't want to know you. So that's fine. I'll just shoot him in the face. That'll convince him. That's that's cold and logical. Quick. Regenerate. Regenerate. You heal fast recovery mark remarkably quickly, even from grave injuries. Time to heal critical injury. No, it says critical injury. It does not say mind or body points. Is have. You also get two extra hit points. Those are body points. Oh, that's nice. I don't know if it's 15,000 bucks nice, but it's nice. All right, mystical powers. Let's pick. Okay, so in order to learn a mystical power, go ahead. And when I'm scrolling through the list, go ahead and pick one or two. In order okay. to learn a mystical power, you need at least level one in the skill mystic powers because it's an advanced sure. skill. Yeah. To activate a power, you must pass a mystic powers test. So get a six on that. In combat, this is normally a slow action. We'll talk about actions next week, I think. If Yeah, we'll have to because we already did skills. A failed roll means that the power does not active, activate properly, giving you incorrect information or resulting in some other undesired effect. The GM decides the details. Each use of a power, even if you fail, gives the Game Master one darkness point. Hmm. So we have Artificer, Clairvoyant, Exorcist, Intuition. Okay. Nothing, on that, nothing on the other side, okay? Nope. Let's see. And, all right, Mind Reader, Mind Walker, no. Prediction. No. telekinesis stop and premonition premonition that that's that seems like the most general and yet also the most helpful okay in some mysterious way you can sense impending danger the gm will have you test mystic power if you pass you get a feeling of a looming threat but no details as, about what it might be now how that, is that that hold on. is a lot more useful than it seems on yes. first blush exactly yeah e- when you're checking for an ambush, you're pretty much doing it right at the point of the ambush. Right. This right here is like, uh, guys, if we continue going down that way, this is a bad way to go. We're going to get got, bones somehow. Yeah, yeah, you've got the path that's all nice and shiny, and then you got the dark foreboding path. Which one do we take? Well, Premonition Man here can make a mystic power test and help you out with that. Yep. Stop. I'm going to read this one because this one's a fun one. You can okay. stop an NPC from performing an action she otherwise would have. It must be something subtle that can be attributed to simple forgetfulness. Typical examples would be uh, that the NPC lets a PC pass a roadblock without checking papers. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's a very limited Jedi mind trick. Yeah. Or forgets her keys somewhere. The power cannot be used to stop an incoming attack. But it can be used to help sneaky pass somebody. Okay, okay. With, with you know, decent role-playing. Now, there's a warning up here. The problem with clairvoyance. Oh, there's a warning. A PC with the clairvoyant power can make a mess of GM's plans. If the goal of the scenario is to find someone to re- or to reveal the identity of a killer, the PC can just solve the puzzle right off the bat using this talent. Not fun! The best way to handle this is give the PC vague clues instead of hard facts. Mystical powers are not an exact science. Try to give the PC a clue that feels valuable, but one that won't ruin the mystery. Mm-hmm. so the pc cries you didn't tell me who the killer was oh man it's like that eight ball it's kind of murky or whatever that uh, signs seem fuzzy right now yeah signs point to screw you 
<laughs> and I think that is it. So, again, as yeah, that is definitely it. Guess what we talk about next week? Combat. Now, this is going to be interesting. Next week is going to be in flux when it comes to this, and here's why. I don't know how long it's going to take us to get through this chapter. Okay. It's not a long chapter, but it is a dense chapter, and we are going to do combat. There's also this caveat. I have an hour and a half long video that runs through multiple rounds of combat, explaining everything and doing everything. I might watch that before next week to determine how deep I have to go into this, or I can just say, watch that other video. I know that's not the best answer, but... And the reason is, is because the chapter after this one is kind of eh. It's an equipment chapter, but equipment works differently in this game to some degree, and there's a lot of it. And how it interfaces with the game is important, and I want to have a segment on that. And I would like to have it next week, because then after that, we get into space combat, ground combat, and so forth. I'm sorry, space combat and spaceships, and it'd be weird to talk about equipment and then go into outer space. So if I can do combat and then equipment, that's what I'd like to do next week, but I'm not 100% certain on that. So. Uh, We'll find out, but next week is going to be combat. We're going to talk about everything that you need to do to go shoot somebody. Cool. Or punch somebody. And how you take damage, because we haven't talked about mind points and body points, how you take stress, right? No. Uh, Legion Myth, uh, Mercy of the Icons is three books. You mean two books. It's two books. <laughs> the last book doesn't exist. It's two and three quarters books. Yeah. The, now, the end, why is that? The ending, man, is such... Look, it is an epic campaign. You are not going to do it in one session. That is for dang sure. It's three hardcover books that are right there, okay? It takes a while to get through it. I really feel like the third book was rushed. First of all, it is by far the smallest book. Okay. My complaint, and I don't want to give it away because I'd love people to run it, and I think it is worth running. My major complaint is this. First of all, it kind of does what Star... What's that first Star Trek, uh, the Next Generation movie called? The first one that they did. Oh, First Contact. I Generations? Think, or No, Generations, wasn't it? Generations was first. No, I thought it was First Contact. Well, whichever one that answers what happens if Data has emotion, what happens if Geordi can see, what happens if Kirk dies, what, you know, basically... Oh, no, answer- that, that, that one is uh, Star Trek Insurrection. Where where Jordy regenerates his eyes? No, no, and... no. Well, they they did some other stuff in that that first. It's, it had Kirk, it had Picard, it had had uh, again, uh, it had basically everything. It had all the what ifs. Like, it's almost like they thought they'd never have another movie had what ifs. Oh this, right, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Oh, what happens if the Enterprise gets destroyed? You know, it's like everything. Mercy, the icons does that. It's a big what if scenario at the end. It changes everything about the damn game. It is not the same universe when you're done. Everything we're talking about here, other than the core rules, you may as well throw out. Wow. That seems like a waste of uh, ink. It changes, like, when we talk about factions, half of them are going to be different or gone or whatever. New ones are going to build up. When we talk about, well, we don't really talk about the icons too much, but the icons change. The emissaries change. The everything about the landscape, uh, and this isn't a spoiler because I'm just telling you everything freaking changes. And now the cool part about it, it does say, hey, how to handle this aftermath. I mean, Free League's always good about doing that, but everything changes. So it's like if you do Mercy of the Icons and you continue to play after that, that core rule book is just guide, barely guidelines only. That That is my biggest complaint about it, is it's so world changing that eh, 
Uh, and the other part of it is, uh, especially when you get to the third one, the first ones are very sandbox. I mean, certain things are going to have, it's kind of like how I do things, timelines. These things are going to happen. And it's up to the characters to try to resolve them one way or the other. But even if they fail, it just happens in a different way. Or they stymie this, but because they stymie this, this other thing happens. Cool. That's just the way world, the world works. I'm okay with that. Keeps them entertained and interested. That third book is very much a railroad. Gotcha. So, um, I mean, I love the storyline. Man, if you read it like a novel, oh, it's freaking amazing. It is a well, well, well done book. Or, or series, because it's three books. But that third mm-hmm. book just is like, you destroyed the court. You destroyed the universe. <laughs> like, all, like the entire history of like some of the stuff that I'm reading, guys. Like the first and second horizons, prevalent in that one. I'm not going to go any more in that. So, well, yeah, it's a space station hovering around a planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crafty's right. The whole game needs to start again. New campaign is almost required. I mean, you could continue on. You absolutely could. A good game master could continue on. There's, there's nothing to say that. But you will be playing in a different feeling universe than, than you were previously. Okay. Lots of things happen. And they're thick books. Lots of things happen. I'm not spoiling anything for you by telling you everything changes. Lots of things happen. Uh, uh, I can't say the stupid hearts in the way. Uh, it'd be like trying to run Babylon 5 after the events of the show are done. Well, aren't they making right. a new and, Babylon uh, 5? Yeah, they, they actually tried to set that up for a possible continuation after all the main characters finished their stories. They had a whole bunch of new characters filling in the roles at Babylon 5, and nothing came of it. Because people were looking at it like, no, we, we, can't, we can't come up after that. That was an epic story, and it was made to be five seasons long. A beginning, a middle, and end. It yep. was made. It was planned from episode one to where it would end. Mm-hmm. It was an epic story, and you're not following that up. So no one touched it. And it, it's like radioactive at that point. You don't want to touch that. I thought um, I thought they were making a new one right now. Not that I'm aware. Okay. Uh, it's just like Stargate. They keep saying there's going to be a new one, then there's not, then there is, and there's not, then there is. And there's yeah. not. But the, the last I heard about the Stargate stuff, and there's some of that on our Discord, was... Uh, and I've known this for years, but the original creator, I don't know if it's the writer or, or where, but the original, I think, writer of the Stargate movie hates SG-1. He didn't yeah. want it to go in that direction. And apparently he's, he owns the rights again or, or has it back and he's going to do the trilogy the way he wanted or something. I don't know. Okay, good for him. Yeah. And anything else on, uh, on Coriolis? No, that is All right. it. All right, well, I hope you guys uh, liked uh, the coverage. Again, Hopefully it doesn't seem slower. Let us know in comments because we had a bunch of comments saying, hey, you know, you skip a lot of things constantly. So we're trying not to skip so much now. Uh, tell us if you like it or if you think that we're now we're going too slow or something. But uh, these are deep dives. But uh, please like, subscribe and share. And said next week is combat. Looking forward to talking to you about all the pew pews and shooty shoots and stabby stabs. All right. Now, Heathen Dog doesn't know this, but I'm going to interrupt one of his three segments today. Damn it. Right in the well, middle of it. You know it. what? Do it. Not in the middle. Uh, <laughs> do it in a, the, my third segment, Adventure Ideas. Because that, that one's going to be short anyway. Let's see. Um, do you, you do have the book, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to need you to have the book available when, when, when I do okay. this. It's, 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 it's I'm not, right not going to interrupt anything that you're doing like is in any flow or whatever, but I, I, we'll see which one I do it in. See how it's going. Yeah. Third one might work. Okay. All right. I'll be back in a second.
So, uh, Babylon Five is still in the works. Writer strikes put on hold. Okay. Yeah, I Coriolis. I, I have a couple of quibbles with Coriolis. Like I, I prefer. So I prefer Coriolis to Alien. I know Alien gets all the money and all the attention now. Coriolis isn't even on the books. As far as if you look at what Free League's doing for the rest of the year, there's no Coriolis. There's no Mutant Year Zero. I think there is there a Forbidden Lands thing. I'm not sure. They do have something from Tales from the Loop coming out, but I'm not interested in Tales from the Loop. I don't like kids on bike games. Uh, if, if you like it, play it. I mean, it's the same system that we're talking about here. We've got something from Vason coming out, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think One Ring also. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Anyway. Yeah, so hopefully that these videos get uh, get some traction for some of these older ones and maybe somebody can poke. The last I heard about Coriolis, and I don't know if this is the last thing that uh, Free League said, but the last I heard about Coriolis is that uh, Free League would rather do a second edition of the game than continue writing it. And I was just like, why? It's, it doesn't have enough for a first edition. I know, why would you need a second edition? There's a new animated Babylon 5 movie that came out. It's pretty good, okay. Coriolis that Free League is done with it for now. Yeah, just released Space Trucker book for Alien. Yeah, that was that was hurtful. Is oh, is it released now? Is the Space Trucker that that to me? I knew it was coming out. I didn't know it was out already. That was a hurtful book. That's what told me that Coriolis isn't interesting to them. <sighs> My guess is that when they wrote Coriolis, they did well. Obviously, they didn't have the Alien RPG license then, and they wanted Coriolis to be able to be Alien, but also its own thing. And once they got the Alien license, because the darkness between the star mechanic can work in Alien as well, Alien just changed it over to the stress mechanic. Also made the game system a little bit more like traditional user engine, two sets of dice instead of one with the stress in there. I think the Alien RPG does a fantastic job of being an Alien RPG. And as I've said before to people, I think that Coriolis is better for a campaign, but Alien is better for that cinematic mode. That cinematic mode that's built into the Alien RPG is freaking fantastic. I absolutely love it. But, you know, again, people are... Are, are you going to... If you have two space games that use generally the same rules from the same company, are you going to pick the one that's the alien face hugger or the one that's the Arabic motif. Okay, I'm back. Let me let me see if this looks right first. Do you think because I have to do something also right now to take me just a minute? Yes, it does. Okay. Right, you can talk to the fine people while I do this for a moment. Okay. Uh, Kill Raven loves Babylon Five, but has negative interest in a reboot. Yeah, me too. I mean, the they 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 tried to get support with the made for TV movies, and those universally sucked. And uh, what was it? Babylon Five Crusade was awful. It barely lasted a season. It was awful. Written poorly poor execution the uh the uh, the cgi was arguably worse than the tv show than the original babylon 5 tv show and it was done like years later so i don't i don't get it but it was it was not good almost done here i closed out something i shouldn't have closed out that was just dumb 
There's a new anime of Babylon 5 movie, animated movie, just came out. It's pretty good. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Boycott all reboots, Nerdy Ogre says. And that as a as a as a general blanket thing, you're gonna miss out on a couple of good things, but mostly you're gonna be a winner. Especially yeah. nowadays, yeah. Yeah. All right. I am ready for later. Um let's get you your did I not put your picture up here? I had it. Where'd it go? You deleted it, didn't you? That's my story. I'm yeah, that's what happened. That's exactly. That's, that's what I do. I you, delete stuff. You mess with you trolling me. So there me is get... no picture for any of my segments up there. Yep. Well, that is awful. Yeah, that, that was weird because I know I saved them. Whatever. Because I, I just click all three of them at the same time. So I don't know why yours didn't come up. And hold on, hold on. All right, whenever you're ready. Ladies and gentlemen, Legionnaires, welcome to segment one, my uh, overview of Dead Rain. Now, Dead Rain, zombie, zombie motif, zombie game. Now, is it good? What are the zombies like? Are they Romero zombies? Are they fast zombies? Are they virus zombies? Are they rage zombies hey you know what we're gonna find out but first we're gonna go over the background how did this come about and that'll answer some of your questions we'll get to that right now we believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds the focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time the core values of hashtag rpgate and any good tabletop group are escapism not representation entertainment over activism and natural organic inclusion not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Chill Stream, where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. Okay. Now, I want you to take a good look at this art. Because uh, this is the best art in the book on the cover. Right Are here. you serious? The art in this book is not great. I'm telling you right now, it is not good. I don't even like that cover. <laughs> well, this is this is what you got. I mean, I do I do like it in the fact that it evokes the the whole concept of a horde of zombies. But right. to me, it's too dark. I I would rather have it a little more photorealistic than that. It looks a little too cartoony for my taste. But you know, it is what it is. Okay. Well, first off, we're going to start with the background. What happened to this world to make this whole zombie apocalypse thing come about? Well, let's find out. This is this is a great picture. I like this one. This is the second best picture in this book. Oh, it's so cute. It's pristine and pure. And then you got this. 
all of these guys in the back. That's not great. Very Walking Dead like. Yes. Yes. Very much. All right. Now, in the beginning, there was the wave. The wave is uh, a plague, a sickness that spread across the planet. People died very quickly, and it was very efficient. It started off, guess where? Without reading it, close your eyes, guess. A uh, plague? What country? United States. Nope. Really? Try again. Better guess. Wuhan. I mean, China. Yes. Yes. In a matter of days after the first reported mass outbreak in Hong Kong, hospitals around the world filled up with sick people. So many sick people, they lined the floors of the hospital halls, waiting areas, and even tents in parking lots and parking structures. Here's the deal. It moved very quickly, made people very sick, didn't kill them right away. They lingered on for days and days and days and days, sometimes weeks, to take up all the hospital beds. And then they started moving people to stadiums. They started moving people to grocery stores. They started moving people to uh, to uh, uh, filling up local clinics, uh, filling up, uh, what was the other one? Um well, and anywhere where you could hold people, YMCA, you know, gyms, whatever. And then they died. Nothing could save them. They just died. A very large portion of humanity, something like 20 to 30 percent died in the in the in the wave. The thing is, the moment they died. Within six to 12 minutes, they all got up. All of them. And started killing people as zombies so it wasn't like uh like night of living dead or in uh in 28 days later or whatever where, six minutes later yeah it's basically yeah i mean when uh, you get sick within 24 hours you die and then you wake up as a zombie minutes later that's not how it worked with the initial plague it no one died until enough people were sick and then they all died at once and they all got up at once. So it's understandable how zombies could have taken over everything because it was an instant, you know, 50 million plus army that came out of literally nowhere with no warning. No one was prepared. And the problem with this is all the places you would go for help are instantly overrun with zombies. Your hospitals, your clinics, your police stations, your fire stations. They all were fit to capacity with sick people. And now they're fit to capacity with murderous zombies. There's no help for you. Is it only, was it only this plague that caused people to turn yeah. into zombies or did every sickness started causing people no, to turn into zombies? Okay. No, no it, only the plague. And after, and after the first awakening, when, when the first wave of zombies, the, the 50 million zombies woke up, the plague died. It petered out. It died. The only way now to become a zombie is to be killed by a zombie. Killed by a zombie. Not bitten. Not scratched. Killed. Because palladium zombies don't really, for the most part, care about flesh. They care about PPE, but we're going to get to that in a little while. And it talks about who done it. The cool thing about this, about this beginning of the game, it gives you a whole bunch of options on why this is happening. What could possibly have caused this plague? It gives you a bunch of ideas. Theory number one, pandemic. It was a viral thing. It, it 
it had a DNA alteration thing in it and it turned you into a different kind of life that wasn't really life. I don't know. It's magic. Shut up. Another one, wrath of God. You know, if you believe in God, God no longer believes in you. And he sent this death cults and dark magic. It's this is palladium world, right? I mean, just because there's no high amount of magic doesn't mean there's no magic at all. Beyond the supernatural prove that, right? So maybe it's a it's a death cult that actually succeeded. Is this in the same universe as Beyond the Supernatural? No. Okay. No, this is a this is a different universe. Uh which one was number three? I didn't see number three. Oh, germ warfare. The it was a it was a plague very much like a like the stand, where it was a manufactured plague, accidentally got out. Oops, our bad. Oh crap, now now we murdered the entire world. As somebody so that, who had to go go through a lot of that training when I was in the Air Force in the 90s, learning about what the Soviets or well, Russians uh, and, yeah, Americans unofficially and, and Chinese and so forth were doing with bugs out yeah. there. Uh, mm-hmm. Wuhan's nothing. COVID. No. Nothing. There are absolutely. world ending germs out there. <laughs> yeah. That I am absolutely certain. That, oh, smallpox only exists in one lab in the U.S. Bullshit absolute bullshit i don't believe well, that for a second. maybe for the u.s but yeah. uh it probably exists in one lab for china one lab for russia one lab for <laughs> yeah that's and and there's someone in the world trying to make it weaponized and, and well, yeah world. and that smallpox isn't smallpox that's smallpox mixed with the flu mixed with ebola mixed with the cold mixed with yeah. ebola it's going to be that yeah it's going to be crazy Okay, the zombie apocalypse. It says here, it's amazing how fast human civilization came apart. Well, no. I mean, after the preamble I just gave you, 50 million zombies rising at once, most of them in the places where the people who protect you live, it's not surprising at all. It is not surprising at all. Even though they, most of them are slow-moving Romero shamblers. It doesn't matter. When you're surrounded by 50 of them, you just die. You die. But I've got a I've got a laser sword. I'm a Jedi. No, dude, you're dead. Sorry. There's 50 of them around you. You've lost. They just hogpile yeah. you. Yeah. They're just gonna they're just gonna dogpile and it's gonna be it. And then we get to uh the 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 after the after effect. After everyone started getting sick, it took about a week for them to die. But like I said, they all died at the same time. But during that week, when when there was a breakdown in law and order because the emergency services were so flooded and, uh, and at capacity that people started looting and rioting, you know, the normal human bullshit, people start looting, rioting, you know, taking water, hoarding food, you know, batteries, that would never whatever. happen. Did, no, did you see the happened. summer of love? <laughs> it just happens every time. That's yeah. all. Uh, and then the dead rise, unlike today where the, oops, where the dead rise only a few minutes after a person dies. During the wave, it took several hours for the dead to rise. But when they rose, they rose all at once by the tens of millions. Like I said, it was almost as if there was a mind behind this, a controller, someone pulling the strings, controlling this uh, this wave of plague sickness, because all of the zombies in the initial end of the wave rose up at once. I don't believe that's coincidence, but in your game, it could be coincidence depending on which, which beginning you as game master decide how, how it came about. 
Could you hint at all the beginnings beginnings and just let it be vague out there like nobody really knows? Yeah, you could do a walking dead thing and like, eh, no one knows. Eh, just eh, well, people who knew, they're dead now and they're not talking. So, yeah, there you go. See, th this is the level of artwork we have now. This is the rest of the book. This now, is actually it, one of the one of the Is that because pictures. it's just stuck in that black? Remember he talked about that whole black and white thing he wasn't allowed to do grayscale, so it all ended up being a bunch of dots. Well, no, just the, the drawing itself is bad. Fair enough. The drawing itself is bad, so that's why. Uh, let's see. Zombie pox begun. Uh, those we turned to in a crisis were the first to fall. Worse, a short time after they are slain, the cops, soldiers, heroes, and good Samaritans join the undead. 1d6 plus, no, yeah, 1d6 plus 6 minutes. After a zombie kills you, you wake up as a zombie every time it's a quick turnaround that's, that's bad you're not that's even cold very yet bad <laughs> it's a horror movie come to life yes it is it seems unreal impossible yet it is real the dead walk and they slaughter uh let's see here uh da -da -da, mysterious illness driving some of the sick to mindless violence but it's just conjecture this is the beginning you know in, in the beginning reporters saying oh it's mass hysteria Oh, it's it's some kind of rabies type thing where it makes people lose their mind and start killing people. And then toward the end, they realize, oh, crap, they're actually dead because pictures of them getting lit up with automatic weapons. And all that happens is they stumble back and for a second and then start moving forward again and no blood comes out. They're like, OK, well, maybe something else is wrong here. And by the time that connection is made, the Internet stops, TV stops, all of it stops and you're boned just boned uh army and national guard are dispatched to some cities but since many armories government buildings and military facilities had already been helping with the wave guess what they actually let the zombies in <laughs> inside the wire and then when they all woke up they killed all the people with guns and tanks and apcs and rocket launchers all these things would be useful but they're all dead because they were they were helping with the sick people. When the sick people turned to zombies, they all died. Then it goes into this is still the first 24 hours. Imagine if you can the madness and chaos. Who do you turn to for protection when the police are gone and 911 doesn't do nothing? Where do you take the sick and injured when the hospitals, churches and schools are under siege from the inside or have become places fully of the dead? What do you do when the fire department doesn't respond to anything? All emergency vehicles go silent after a week-long cacophony of noise during the wave. How do you know what's going on in a city hall is in flames, your leaders are missing, and your cell phones, television, radios all go dead? We've become an information-driven world. We are reliant on using cell phones, TV, radio, computers, and the internet. We are also used to having information with the click of a button. We expect to reach our friends, loved ones, in the outside world with a simple telephone call, email, text, or blog. When we lose our means to communicate with the outside world, the world shrinks to what we can see and hear, usually up to a few hundred yards. And then you start feeling isolation. Because your world begins and ends with anything you can get to without dying, which is not a lot. Because at this point, one week later, after the dead have risen, 70% of the world is now zombies. Yes, it went that quickly. 
but it's understandable. It's it's like it's like dodgeball. Two for ones are easy. Here's an example. It's actually in this book somewhere. I'm just remembering reading it. You, you, your wife, and your child are hunkered down in your house. You've been there for a week, but you're running out of food. You're running out of water since the tap doesn't work anymore. And your wife is sick. She just got sick. It wasn't part of the wave, but she just got sick. You need to get her medicine, but you also can't leave her here because every once in a while, there's zombies that come in and, and try and get in your house. You still don't know how they know you're there. I'll get into that later. But sometimes they just know you're there and you have to defend the house. So, so hiding hiding in a closet doesn't work? Apparently not. It all really depends on the size of your house. But hiding behind walls doesn't help a lot of the time. So what do you do? Well, you got to take them with you. The only way to defend them is to keep them close to you. So you, your wife, and your child go out just five blocks down to the pharmacy. That's all you need. Five blocks to Walgreens or CVS or Rite Aid or whatever to get what you need and your wife can live another day. Well, you get halfway there and you see a cop. His back is to you and he's he's reaching inside inside the back of his cop car. You're like, so you go up to this cop and you're like, cop, help me. He turns around. He's dead. He grabs you by the throat. And for some reason, he's strong, real strong. With his other hand and his mouth, he starts ripping and biting into you. You die. Is, is he fast? No, he's not. But he he grabbed you. Yeah, you I mean, and, and to be fair, to you, yeah, you're not going to expect that. I get that. I was yeah. just curious if they're he got initiative. He he held you, and you were not strong enough to get out. Got it. And now now he ripped out your stomach and and he bit your neck, and you're dead. Your wife with a with a bat tries to come up on this zombie and starts beating it. It's not super effective. And then she she gets in the she gets into another car and and hides with 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 your daughter. A couple minutes later, you wake up and you're now a zombie. You beat into the car by by breaking the 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 windows and such. You grab them. They're you're they are not strong enough because you're stronger now than you were when you were alive. They're not strong enough to fight you, and they die too. Seven to twelve minutes later, they both wake up as zombies. That was that was a three for one right there, and that took all of what twelve minutes. In twelve minutes, he multiple the zombie multiplied his his numbers by four. One zombie turned into four in twelve minutes, just like that. It is not hard to imagine 10, 20 million zombies turning into a couple of billion in just a few days. It's not hard to imagine, especially high, high population cities and high density countries like China and India. Not hard. Especially places where they leave their dead out anyway. Yes. No, this is the whole story. Little, little girl, little, you know, there's, there's, there's your daughter. She's a zombie now. Yay. Uh -huh. That's great. I can make her well again. Yes. Yes, you can. Sure you can. Now. There are a special kind of, there is a special kind of OCC in this game called Reaper. A Reaper is an OCC specifically made to kill zombies. You have all the skills and training necessary to kill zombies. Obviously, if you're playing day one outbreak, 
you're not going to be able to choose Reaper because no one knows how to kill zombies yet. But month six, month 12, you can have a Reaper OCC. And th this is the idea of, of the whole Reaper, Reaper thing, the Reaper survival guy, what works, what doesn't. Now your game master can choose to let your characters know what works, what doesn't, depending on you, the information you can get or the time frame of your campaign. If you're day one, he gives you nothing. You get nothing. You have to learn. It's it's all OJT now. On the job training. That's all you get. But if you start the campaign in year year two, year three, year four, this information is going to be a little more widespread. You're going to have experience under your belt. You've survived for two, three years already. You know more of the score. Uh, stay away from larger cities. And this is when Detroit had 900,000 people. It doesn't have that now. Closer to... <laughs> Closer to four to five hundred thousand, maybe. Really, less. is it lost that much since this game was put out? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Detroit's a shithole. It was like Detroit's not so bad. They they never walked it because they have. There's a ten percent chance you just die. Uh, larger cities with heavy populations like New York, Baltimore, Chicago, whatever, fare the worst. The dense populations of these communities meant people were packed like sardines in a can. The zombies slaughtered and feasted on living before anyone recognized the threat. Remember, in a large, large population density, when the hospitals are full, the clinics are full, this, the local stadium is full, people just had to keep the sick in their homes. And remember, they all became zombies at once when they died. That means every single apartment complex was a, was a little jail cell with that at least 30% zombies inside, right? Everyone in the apartment died. Everyone in the hospital died. Everyone in the stadium died. And all those zombies come out into the street, just flooding. It's, it's, a, it's a shit show, all of it. Millions upon millions of zombies. And you see this pointing thing that doesn't really happen, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to re represent visually uh, a blood curdling moan. So I get it. But again, we're going to, when I get into zombies, zombies 101, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. The woods and remote areas are the least populated by zombies because they're the least populated by people. So less amount of people you start with, the less amount of zombies you can possibly have, but getting there is the problem. It's not just getting out of the city. That's the problem, which is hard enough because I'm going to tell you right now, the roads are jammed with cars, abandoned cars, and all those abandoned cars have zombies just waiting under every car, under every blanket in the back seat of every car. There's, there's, there's not a zombie everywhere, but there could be a zombie anywhere. So that's hard enough to, to get supplies as it is. Getting out of the city, most large shit cities are surrounded by suburb cities. And these are almost just as bad. It's high, there's it, a high, not, not as high as a city, but still a high density of people. And it's in between you and say and the relative safety of the rural area. If you can get to the rural area or you start off in a rural area, well, you're you're doing great. You're already ahead of the game. The one thing you lack is information, but what you gain, what you lack in information, you gain in safety. And now the wave is over. Like I said, once the first zombies woke up, the sickness died. The sickness was gone. Now it's just zombies. 
which is bad enough. And of course, there are people who go crazy. People who whose minds break when the world ends, especially now because people are people in the West are now much, much mentally much weaker than they used to be. So a lot more will break. And then you get uh, uh, raiders, you get uh, death cults, you get uh, zombie sympathizers. You know, what, what I mean by zombie sympathizer is someone who whose uh, husband or daughter, whatever son turned into a zombie and this woman constantly feeds people to her zombified family, hoping that that uh, that he'll get better. With just cuckoo. enough, just enough brains, he'll he'll revert back. Yeah, cuckoo bananas, but she's lost the plot. A lot of people do that. Reapers kill them too, without remorse, without regret, because they are a hindrance to good and decent folk who can still think clearly. <laughs> uh, Got to interrupt here. Uh, Yuang says, "Don't forget zombie perverts. You know, there's going to be that one guy that just doesn't care." <laughs> That is true. That is true. And funny thing, you cannot be turned into a zombie unless you die within 300 yards of a zombie. So, yeah, I mean, it's still a dead body. There's diseases and plagues and pathogens that dead bodies have that you probably want to use protection for whatever you want to do, like gloves are a good idea or other things because the hospital's closed. You're not going to get that, uh, that Cipro. All right. Then we have a story about thumping the night. Again, this is the level of art we're looking at now. The day of the dead rose. It's still on the web. If you can get to it, accounts and video footage of the zombie apocalypse that the internet gave the first actual video truth. Because the all of the mainstream media on TV and radio didn't want to report it because it was so ridiculous. But the internet <laughs> this game wasn't written in, after 2020. Yeah, the internet specializes in ridiculous, so it goes on there first. Kevin's got to redo this game for a second edition. <laughs> Again, look at this art. Uh, this is it's getting worse as you go in the book. It's getting worse. I don't like it. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop about the art. Look now. Now it's like a comic book. Right, I wonder if that was the out. intent because, you know, Kevin, one of the things he does do in his games is if the game, how do I say this? Using my words, if the game can be found a little more in reality, like in this case, not the zombies themselves, but the, the cities, the concept and so forth, he tends to make it a little bit more cartoony just to let you know it is a game. Riffsy doesn't have to do that because you know. After the bomb, he doesn't have to do that because you know. But even with like Beyond the Supernatural, I kind of found that some of the artwork in there, at least inside the pages of the book directly, was a little more... had that cartoony feel to it just so you know this is a game. Now, I don't know mm -hmm. if that's intentional or just the way I perceive it, but I'm wondering if that's the choice he made there. So It, it could very well be. So you're not Look, actually scared by zombies? There you go. Oh, my God. So that is going to be it for the background. Next, we're going to go over zombie Palladium Zombie 101. Exactly how do Palladium Zombies fare against what you know from pop culture stuff like 
Night of Living Dead, Walking Dead, 28 Days Later. How do they stack up? How do they compare? Are they harder? Are they easier? Is it, are they scarier? Can you train them? We'll find out. After we go through these comments, which I only exactly. have a couple. Uh, she's Kokushuko says, uh, I like how it's left. This is talking about the, uh, the background the backstory. Yep. I like how it's left mysterious, but give you some rumors. Yeah. Yes. I, I like how it's up to the game master and he can change it every game if he wants to. I mean, in, in the original night of living dead, it was, a, it was a satellite that was irradiated and came back down to earth and the, the radiation spread across the planet and caused the dead to rise in 28 days later it was a rabies like virus that was tested on monkeys and transferred to humans in uh in uh what do you call it um give me another zombie movie i don't watch zombie movies okay well anyway you get to choose exactly your your brand of apocalypse you know how did it start you get to choose i like that i like that a lot Crafty says, I think that's Kevin's favorite sentence to write. It's surprising how quickly civilization unraveled after the events of insert palladium setting. setting here. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And insert name here says, let's ask the important question. What happened to the pleasure bunnies? Oh, they didn't make it. They didn't make it because here's a quick spoiler for the next video. Zombies also eat animals. Oh, or pleasure bunnies. Yep. All right. With that, got gone. Like, subscribe, share, and look forward to seeing you in the next video. Zombies 101. You're going back to school. All right. This is page 18. Yes. Back to page one. Give me one sec. Just leave a pause between whenever you're ready to go and or whenever we stop talking and you start. Uh, well, let's see you draw a picture of zombie eating your family member just a few feet away. Well, considering that probably wasn't a portrait taken at the time. <laughs> pretty sure. That was no, no, no. To... Hold still. I'm not getting the light right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Don't swallow so fast. I'm losing the action moment. No, it's not going to work like that. I have it, unfortunately, really small on the screen because I have a couple other things that are up, so I'm not seeing it large to know if it's really, really bad or not, other than that last one did kind of look pretty outline-y. Uh, that's why I asked the question before is, do you think that's the issue because he, it's actually a grayscale image that was converted to dots to basically stippling? No, I don't think it is. Okay. Okay. Ready whenever you are. Okay. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, Legionnaires, welcome to part two of my Dead Rain overview. And this is your Zombie 101, Palladium Zombie 101. How do they work? How do they compare from the zombies you've heard about, read about, watched on TV and in movies? Well, you know what? We're going to find out right now. Let's go. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not diversity please follow that qr code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support which is the wounded warrior project thursdays and saturdays you can watch the dirty casuals on twitch.tv slash legion of myth fridays and sundays you can watch the friday night show stream and rpg digest on our youtube and rumble channels 
Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. Right? All right. So, we're going to learn about Palladium Zombies. How do they work? What do they do? Do they really eat? I mean, that's the one thing I always didn't understand about most zombie movies. They're dead. They shouldn't have to eat. They shouldn't feel the compulsion to eat. Why do they do it? Well, in uh in Return of the Living Dead in the, you know, the 80s, the 80s version, Return of the Living Dead, it actually said that human brains pacify them. It hurts to excuse me, it hurts to be dead and eating human brains makes the pain go away for a while. Okay, that's fair. But what about palladium zombies? Why do they do it? Well, we're going to find out right now. Oops. There you go. Start with know your enemy. Think of zombies as dinosaurs and us living and breathing humans as well, just regular human beings. Most zombies are cold-blooded, slow-moving, and dumb as bricks. Most don't use weapons or tools, they can't drive a vehicle or use modern equipment, and they hunt like big, dumb animals. Humans are warm-blooded, fast, smart, resourceful, use weapons, tools, technology to great advantage. It is why any of us are still around. That might sound like the odds are in our favor, but they're not. Quite literally, the odds are stacked against us. A city like Chicago is crawling with millions of zombies. Millions! of zombies. It doesn't matter how slow they are. They're now more of a force of nature than anything else. Zombies are people too. No, they are not. Zombies are, are a category four hurricane. It's something you survive and get out of the way of. That's all you do. So zombies 101. Zombies only have one purpose to hunt and kill you. That's it. That's all. They have no higher brain function. They want you dead. Why? We're going to find out. Zombies will slay animals, but animals don't rise from the dead after they're killed by zombies. Only people do. Yay. Zombies are dead and cold, which means they don't give off any heat. So thermal vision is useless. Even they're after the first six warm. minutes? Yeah. Wow. They're just as warm as the background. Zombie vision is different than our own, I'm told. They can see your life energy. They see your PPE, your personal psionic energy. They, they, they see your psionic potential in your body. You glow like a light bulb to them. They can also sense your energy within, I think, 30 feet, 30 or 40 feet without having to see you. They can sense that there's life energy around and they will go searching for it. That's why in your house, depending on how big your house is and where you are, a zombie might notice you because he can sense you through the wall. As long as he's a 30 feet or less away, he can sense your life energy and start trying to get in the house. That's so live, live in a maze. Yes. In the center of a maze would be <laughs> ideal. Zombies also, oh damn, since Iris said that, uh, zombies are twice as strong as normal humans and have a grip like a steel vice. This is the thing. When, when someone turns into a zombie, it's really easy. You change their IQ to 1D4 animal. You change their, 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 their physical prowess, their, their, but uh, their physical strength and physical endurance 
physical endurance stays the same, physical strength is doubled. You double the physical strength of a human. That's what the zombie, that's what that zombie is going to be like. So you're, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, especially if you're a woman or a child. Because, you know, you thought you had problems with a grown man before. Now this, this, this grown man with a dad bod now, now, now has the strength of a professional lifter. You're in trouble. If he grabs you, you're done. You're not getting out of that. Slow moving or not, most weapons have little or no effect. Every single zombie has an armor rating of 14. Wow. That is not actual armor. Bullets and knives and crap do not bounce off. They go through and do nothing. It just does nothing. You have to burn through all the SDC and then burn through all the eight, all the hit points to stop them. This won't kill them. It will stop them for an hour. Because guess what? Zombies regenerate. Oh, jeez. They regenerate 1d6 plus 1 SDC an hour and 2 hit points an hour. That means if you take one down to 0 hit points through the main body, you know, you've blown his heart and his guts out, you wrecked his spine, he falls to the ground, seems dead, right? Hour later, he's back up. Walking around, looking for looking for how you. How many how many SDC and hit points does an average zombie, just generic zombie have? Uh they there's different variants, but between 40 and 60 SDC and between 15 and 20 hit points. Okay, so not too crazy powerful, but still bigger than or better than the average With that person. Armor class of 14. Well, yeah. I mean the armor rating of 14, that's rough. Yeah. That makes it rough. And they have they have a different rules for called shot to the head in this one to make it even harder. But I'm I'm getting ahead of myself on that one. Okay. Zombies use mass numbers and converging attacks. Here's the thing. Zombies have the moan. When a zombie sees a human or sees an animal, something it, it sees as food, it will moan. It is a loud, gut-wrenching, visceral, guttural, scary sound. And it calls all other zombies within, well, it depends on the size of the group that's moaning. But the more zombies you have that see humans and start moaning, the more range that it can, that it goes off to call more zombies. If you have 50 or more zombies, you're looking at 11 blocks. City blocks. They, the zombies can hear it from that far away and start converging on your area. Where the initial moan came from. That's how they beat you. Sure, they're slow as hell. And the only way they can they can kill you is if they catch you. But the thing is, if you're surrounded, you're caught. Does, does that moan have a horror factor? The zombies have a horror factor, I believe, of 12. But what, what about the moan the, itself? The, the, the moan itself is, is scary, but the, the game doesn't do a mechanic to make you lose initiative or actions or whatever, because mm -hmm. that's when you have to act to stay alive. Or else you're not going to stay alive. If you don't stop the zombie moan within 30 seconds, you're screwed. Within 30 seconds, it has to stop or you're going to be overrun. Uh, take them down fast. Like I said, you have to do it fast, do it quiet within 30 seconds if they start moaning or else you're done. 
destroy the brain and you stop it dead in its track. You cut off the head or crush the skull or destroy the brain. The zombie will die, will not regenerate, will not come back. That's the only way to do it, to be sure. You can do it quickly and quietly. Fire will also kill them, but it doesn't hurt them. Oh, which means for 1d6 plus 6 rounds, you have a Tiki Torch zombie still coming after you. Now, he's grabbing you, crushing you with his hand, and burning you like a torch because he's on fire. That's worse. That's objectively worse than just the zombie grabbing you. So, use fire cautiously. Sure, they are afraid of it. You can actually hold back a dozen zombies with a torch. You can. But they're all moaning. There's more zombies coming. <laughs> Two dozen, three dozen, four dozen. Exactly. It doubles every 30 seconds almost. It's crazy. It depends on your environment. If if you're in the sticks, then no, not that many zombies are coming because there's not that many zombies within a couple miles of you. But if you're in a large city, you can go from empty streets to Mardi Gras real quick. Real quick. So let's look at the zombies actual stats i want to go through and this is other stuff that's around bad people retro savages death cultists bandits you know people people's minds break or they want to be warlords and stuff like that of course you're going Walking to have dead. yeah you're going to have bad bad people as bad actors too but you know that's just that was actually the thing about walking dead that made me really tired of it in both the comic and the tv show was like there's like literally nobody was a good person other right. than like the main characters, and it's like okay, somewhere somehow and you're they going were mostly to... gray area. That's true. That is true. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, what kinds of zombies are there? There's right. slouchers, crawlers, fast attack, flesh eating, thinker pattern, mock zombies. Eighty four percent of the zombies you come across are going to be Romero type zombies. Slow moving, no brains, no nothing barely know how to how to work a rock but the rest of them the other 16 percent, they are different fast attack zombies are your 28 days later zombies they can run they're runners but other than that they're not much smarter i mean they have a higher physical prowess but and a higher speed attribute but that's it Flesh eating zombies, these are smart. They, these are these are actual hunters. They have high predator animal intelligence. And they're the only zombies that do not moan when they see you. They just kill you. Because these zombies, for some reason, eat you as well as suck your PPE. The first thing they go after is your guts. Tear out Emmy. your guts and eat them. Emmy. Yeah, it's not great. Then you have pattern zombies. Pattern zombies are zombies that, uh, if you if you look at a movie like Warm Bodies, zombies that, or or a uh, or Dawn of the Dead, they don't have specific personality anymore, but they have memories of doing something. And when there's no humans around, when there's no food around, they will go into old patterns, old habits. They'll go to work, or they'll go to the mall. Or they'll go to the park and swing on the swing. Whatever. Those are pattern zombies. They they can't really do the job anymore, but they mime it. 
Deathgate cycle. That's the undead from the Deathgate cycle from the Fire World. Oh yeah. Where they died, but they continued to do because it's what they're. They couldn't learn anything new. They couldn't be anything new, so they just continually did what they did in life. If they're farmers, they're hoeing. It wasn't even dirt anymore. It was just you know. But yeah, that's that's very similar to Deathgate cycle. Okay, now I'm going to bring this up right now because it, it was my absolute next thing. How does decomposing flesh regenerate? Okay, here we go. Palladium zombies decompose at a drastic, drastically slow rate. Normally, let's say you're outside in a temperate environment, exposed to the elements, your your body will bloat, uh, pop with gases, and start decomposing. Within a week or two, you're gonna you're 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 gonna be in a bad shape. Within a month, you're gonna be jelly. Palladium zombies can last years. They they degenerate very, very slowly, very much like Romero zombies. Romero zombies and walking dead zombies, they do, they do degenerate, they do decompose, but it's very slowly. And every single time a zombie gets PPE. He not only regenerates damage, but he regenerates decomposition. So you can have a zombie that hasn't had a bite to eat in three years. It's half slime at this point. It can still move around, but not very much. It kills a person. And in Palladium, when you die, your PPE doubles. A normal adult human has 1d4 plus 1 PPE. Let's say that makes three. Doubles at the moment of death. That's six. The zombie had no physical damage, but now those six PPE regenerate six years worth of decomposition. Years? Years! Just six PPE? Yes. Wow. Now, there's a reason. There's a reason why it's so good. Because every zombie within 300 feet of a person that dies shares that PPE. Now, how do you, how do you divide six PPE between... 300 zombies right if there's a zombie every foot around you you don't if it's less than one it's considered partial ppe and it does not regenerate decomposition but it still regenerates one hit point for every zombie in the area all right so be because it's fractional that's why they they regenerate so fast from total ppe hits from real hits from like they, they don't share it it's that powerful because of that. Because mostly it's split. Makes the zombie feel better. Even a tiny fraction of PPE. I have one three hundredth of a, of a PPE. Well, still counts. Still counts. Uh, what else? Oh, and uh, birds, rodents, cats, dogs, large dogs, mountain lions, cattle. They all have PPE as well. All living things have PPE. The zombies will go after animals if there are no people around. There's there's a priority order. People are number one, animals are number two. That's it. That's well, there's not much priority, but that that's it. If there's a person around, all zombies will ignore the dog or ignore the cow. If there's no people, they'll go after the dog and the cow. Feeding upon PPE by slaying a human being not only nourishes the zombies but stops their bodies from deteriorating feeding upon ppe on a regular basis even partially reverses the zombies physical decay reverses sufficient quantities can restore hit points in sdc and delay and even reverse their physical deterioration again it depends on how much they get 
reversing decomposition. When all SDC and hit points are at their full level, each additional one PPE point reverses decomposition. But oh, I'm sorry, not not one year by the equivalent of one month. Okay. So six PPE would be six months of decomposition reversal. Chances are you're going to find another other alignment of another victim before you get back to the to the bad thing. But uh, remember, PPE heals. Every PPE after one heals them. Heals them of instantly restores 3d6 SDC and 1d6 hit points. Every one PPE beyond the minimum to survive beyond one. They they they're very very fast regenerate regeneration. If there's people around. Um, after feeding zombies remain active even after feeding on just a fragment of PPE the walking dead feel energized and motivated to find more food this sends the monster wandering around for the next 1d6 plus 3 days actively searching for more food now they will go dormant after this time if they find no food they will go dormant they will only reactivate through noise or PPE sense if you make a noise, they'll wake up and try and find the noise. If you get within 30 feet of them, they will sense there's a living being around and they'll wake up and actively start start searching for you. Now, it's around 2d6 or so minutes. If they don't find you, they'll go back dormant if they still can't sense you. So it's not like, oh my God, sound the alarm. It's okay, I got to get away from 30 feet, make sure he doesn't see or hear me, and he'll just go back to sleep. But how many are in this building? How many are in this room? How, can you actually go into an apartment building or or city hall or some closed area building and not get within 30 feet of a zombie you can't see? No, you can't. You can't. You're going to activate a zombie because you just can't see them. But if they see you, the moan starts. And then every zombie in that building wakes up. That's not great. That's bad news. Bad for you. All right, what else we got? We have uh, zombie, zombie moan. I already said about that. It's a call to dinner. Uh, zombie attack. Zombie moan alerts their fellow walking dead that living prey has been spotted and they should converge and make the kill. Zombies will come unless that call to feed is halted fast. Stop the moan within 30 seconds before the walking dead outside and further away can pinpoint your location of the moan and they lose their homing beacon. Without the moan, they are lost and dispersed to wander off in all directions. Only 1d4 times 10% of the zombies within 300 feet of the initial moan will continue to look for you, but only for the next 2d6 plus 3 minutes. So again, stopping that within 30 seconds is critical. Critical. If you don't, every zombie within 300 feet will come to you. And if they see you, they will start moaning. And the more zombies mourning, that are moaning the greater the range of, of zombie activation. That's the convergence. Got a question on the rumble side that I think is apropos for right now. Just, okay. uh, he says, that's a terrible rule. You can't even sneak around or hide in buildings. No. Well, you can, but there is a chance that there's a zombie within 30 feet of you. If there is, he's not going to know where you are. He's going to wake up and search for you. As long as he can still sense you, he's going to search for you. If you lock yourself in a in a walk-in freezer, he'll never find you. 
because he won't be able to manipulate the door to open it. And he's not going to be able to beat it down. And with just the sense, you, you can't even tell direction, just that you are within 30 feet. But there's still going to be a zombie walking around out there, hopelessly searching for you, even though he'll never be able to actually get to you. So there's that. Hopefully the, uh, the walk-in freezer has a window. You can cover it and just peek out every once in a while to see where he is. But yeah, happens. Okay, range of the moan. Here we go. The most frightening aspect of the zombie attack is that the walking dead always gather and kill in large groups. In that regard, they might be considered pack animals or, with a better analogy, like piranha or sharks. Blood in the water, piranha and sharks, all of them in the area will just gather. That's exactly what these zombies do. Range of the moan. 1,000 feet radius. Not diameter, radius. From 1D4 zombies. Five to ten zombies moaning at 2,400 feet. 5,000 foot radius, roughly one mile or 12 city blocks in all directions from the collective moaning of two dozen to 100 zombies. <laughs> if you have more than 100 zombies moaning, the range is 11,000 foot radius. It's about two that's miles. 24 city, that's, oh, it's 25, 26 city blocks. That's a lot. You're going to have at least thousands of zombies coming at you. You do not want to let this moan get out of control. You do not want that. It will kill you and everyone around you. Now, we're going to talk about a the, the different zombies a little bit. Because like I said, there, there are several kinds of zombies. and depleting SDC, blah, 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 zombie hit points. Uh, PE attribute number equals zombies hit points, typical range of 16 to 21 for your normal zombies. Zombie descriptions, okay. Slouchers, this is your normal shambling zombie. Romero zombie, walking dead zombie, this is it right here. Nothing super special about them, that's basically what they are. 1d4 intelligence, low animal. Physical strength two times when alive, typically 2d6 plus 18. Very low physical prowess. High physical endurance, 1d6 plus 15. Very low physical beauty, obviously, and very low speed. Unless you get a runner. We're going to get to that. Crawlers. These are shamblers who've lost their legs. That's it. That's it. They can climb a little better, but that's all. That's 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 the biggest difference. That's gross. Reminds me of the necrophidius. Very gross. All right. Yep. Moving on. Moving on from that nonsense. That's zoomed in a little too much. There we go. Come on, man. I just want to use page down. Thank you. Okay, fast attack zombies. These ones are different. They are actually fast. They, they're runners. Uh, fast attack zombies look just like any other walking dead, so it's impossible for most people to tell them apart. The problem, not, not the problem, but the tell they have is they twitch. When they're moving, they, they twitch like this. <laughs> they're tweaking. That's how, that's, they're, they're tweakers. <laughs> that's how you can tell that they're a fast attack zombie. Now remember, the, the other zombies had 
had run a uh, had a run speed of like 1d6 plus 4 or some other nonsense like that these guys these guys right here have a where you go where you go where's your where's your stats dummy here we go speed 2d4 plus 15 so you're looking at an average of an 18 speed whereas before the average was around like eight so you know over over double the speed of a normal zombie or a normal shambler or a crawler they're but they can track better they can catch you better now the thing about these zombies is they also do the moan but what they do is they will they'll see you start moaning run up to you and grapple you to the ground and then they will try and you know kill you but they are going to grapple first always they will grapple first do they have like the wrestling skill or something to they have a pounce attack okay a 40% chance of pinning the person they pounced on but only if the if the knockdown portion was successful, 50% chance of knockdown. And if you're knocked down, there's a now 40% chance that it pins you and holds you in place for the other zombies to arrive and converge on the kill. And it will attack using a headbutt or bite. The victim can try and roll away or push the zombie off, but each attempt counts as two attacks and the human must roll an 18, 19 or 20 to escape considered wow. a parrying combat move and parry bonuses apply. Not strength bonuses, parry bonuses. Flesh-eating zombies. These are the ones that are that are like hunters and actually eat the flesh of the of you. Flesh-eating zombies behave more like animal predators or savage barbarians than the classic sloucher. They are dim-witted monsters driven by hunger and instinct and possess most of the usual zombie traits and abilities. They also need PPE to survive, just like any other zombie, but a man-eating lion that has developed a taste for human meat and blood, flesh-eaters love the taste of human flesh. They don't need to eat. They just want to. They feel an instinct to consume your flesh as well as your PPE. See, normal zombies... Stop killing you when you're dead. That makes more sense. Stop killing you when you're dead, whereas these zombies keep killing you because they're still eating you. After they absorb your PPE, you're no longer interesting to 84% of zombies. Then there's the 5% of these guys. They still want to eat you until you wake up as a zombie. In six to in seven to 12 minutes, you'll wake up. Probably a crawler. <laughs> Probably a crawler, yeah. But as soon as you start moving again as a zombie, then they lose interest and go away. They stop eating your entrails, your kidneys, your liver, whatever. Let's see here. Uh, they are, speed is 1d4 plus 9. That's a little faster than your average zombie. Uh, low, low predatory animal equivalent, IQ 1d4 plus 2. Still a little Ooh. smarter than your average zombie. Remember, your average zombie is 1d4. Uh, main body SDC is uh, 3d6 plus 30. And then it gives uh, locations. Now, the locations are, are, are interesting because of the way they do called shots in this game. And I forgot to say it earlier. I'm going to say it now. A called shot in this game is a 15 or higher. Well, hell, man, you need that just to hit them. They have an AR of 14. Right? 
So you almost almost need that just to even do any damage to them. So a called shot's like a regular shot. No, a called shot takes two actions. Fine. Okay. I get it. But in this game, a called shot to the head is a natural 17, 18, 19, or 20, and that's it. Natural die roll only. Which, you know what? On first on first blush, when I read that, I'm like, that's bullshit. It's 20% that is chance. Lame. Well, yeah, but you get no bonuses. It's just a called shot. Why is the head so special? It's bigger than a hand. A called shot to the hand is 15 with modifiers. But a called shot to the head, which is a larger target, is a 17, no modifiers? That doesn't make sense to me. Now, maybe, then, and it's different than Beyond the Supernatural. It's different than Nightbane. It's different than Rift's Ultimate. It's a different mechanic than any other game. Just this game. Now, why? I haven't play tested the game, so I imagine it's because that they found out that rolling a 15 or higher with with uh with bonuses to apply to it means that zombies die too quickly and they're not dangerous. Maybe that's what happened. It also gets rid of the Walking Dead. And I'm sure I don't know what year this game came out. Maybe it came out before Walking Dead, but we always laughed about Walking Dead. It's amazing how many people can always just bullseye people right in the head constantly. Every shot, right to the head, boom, oh to the head, boom, to the didn't look boom to the head. It might be to get rid of uh or to not have that come into play as well. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, then we move down. We look at some of the weird ones. The thinkers. The thinkers. Using a gun? Yes. They can use tools. They can't reload tools. Like, if it, once it runs out of bullets, they're done. But they can use weapons. They can open doors. And not only that... If there's a vehicle and it's warm, they know humans are near. Because they, they understand that a warm vehicle is a used vehicle and only humans can use vehicles, so prey is near. And they'll start searching. Or they some of them will even hide nearby and wait. That can happen with a, with a thinker. And as you can see, his intelligence, where is it? It's down here. IQ 1D4 plus 8. Minimum intelligence of 9. Now, sure, it's not, you know, human intelligence, but even animal intelligence of 9 is pretty strong. And it's 1D4 plus 8, so your average is going to be around 10 or 11. So these are not dumb zombies. They are smart. They, 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 they can't lay a trap, but they can lay in wait. Use simple weapons and tools. Uh, victim slain in a zombie attack. Blah, 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 blah. Where is it? Oh, yeah. Where is it? Where was that? I just saw you simple weapons and tools. Where was it? I don't know. The texture's too small for me. <laughs> I don't have this full screen right now. Anyway, they, 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 can, they can use a gun, but once it runs out of bullets, they're done. They're done. Track humans by scent, smell fear in humans. Uh, if, uh, all zombies have this ability. Uh, if, if, uh, if a human is freaking out near them, they give out pheromones of I'm in complete terror. Zombies around that can smell that go into a frenzy. They get plus one to our initiative and sometimes plus one attack per round. But zombies only have like one attack per round anyway, so it's not huge. 
I need a ride. Don't worry. I'm not a creep. Yep. You are now mock zombies. Here's, here's the pro here's a, a fake I don't zombie? understand why this is here. Okay. This is a zombie that for some reason did not lose all of its memories and is con as convinced itself. It's still a human. I'm not a zombie. No, 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 no. No, I'm just, I'm a human. I'm, I'm great. But zombies don't attack you when, when you're near them. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm invisible to them. I just, I guess I'm special. No, dude, you're a zombie. The moment that this mock zombie is alone with a person, the mock zombie will kill this person. And then when other people come in, it will make an excuse like, oh, no, she tried to, she tried to stab me in the face. It was crazy. I had to defend myself. I don't like this. I, I would not have this this zombie in my game. I wouldn't. Infiltrator I would. it zombie. Make any damn sense? I don't like it. It 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 doesn't fit with all the other zombie variants. IQ two D four plus seven, the most intelligent zombie, you know, on average, I suppose. It's for your it, player I, character zombie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna be an average of about twelve IQ. Fast attack zombies. These are another another kind of runner. We did that already. Uh, fleshing zombies did that. Thinkers did that. Why did I go way up here? Mock zombies could be pattern zombies. Yeah, I already told you about pattern zombies. They they had a task that they were that they did repeatedly in life, uh, especially factory workers who work on a machine that do the same thing every day. Pulled down pull over pull down pull over you know stuff like that open they'll the go door, back to work and do that every door. day exactly they'll go back to work and do that every day and they'll do that until they sense humans and then they'll go try and eat but once they don't sense humans before rather than going dormant they'll go back to their repetitive task and that is basically it that is that is uh, all the different kinds of zombies in the Palladium uh, Dead Rain book. Now, do you have to use all these zombies in your in your campaign? No. No. If you just want shamblers and crawlers, you can just have shambles and crawls. Be old school Romero stuff. If you want fast running zombies, you can do fast attack zombies or flesh eating zombies and have it be 28 days later or or the or uh, uh, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. You can do that too. It's up to you as the game master what kind of zombies you want. Just make sure to stick to your guns. All right, what do we have for So uh, let those in chat know if you feel there is a lack of zombie types in the game, they introduce more in the source book. So you can have even more zombies if you even get the more. source book. See, now the thing is, just because you have all these zombies doesn't mean you need to use them. You don't. You have choices. You don't need to choose everything. You can choose just the ones you want in your game. And that's probably better because uh, if you have 20 different zombies, your players are going to be stressed to the max trying to figure out what type of zombie they are before they engage with it because that will determine the battle tactics that the humans are going to use. So keep it keep it simple, stupid. The question came up, uh, is this more of a fast action zombie horror game than say a survival game with zombie, zombie elements? 
it depends on the zombies you use. If you use fast-moving zombies, then you're it's going to be run and gun a whole lot. If you use the slower-moving zombies, it's going to be more of a survival game because you can hunker down in an area, clear it out, and then you're going to be relatively safe as long as you stay 30 feet away from any zombie that's outside. Then you're going to be relatively safe until you run out of resources. And then it's go and get more resources. Decapitation does work. Yes, it does work. Remove the head from the body or destroy the brain. Those are the only, well, and burn it down. Burn it, burn it to ash. And those are the only ways to really kill a zombie. You can cut off its arms and legs. It'll turn into a crawler, you know, or a biter or whatever. So Crafty had a comment kind of similar to this, but uh, LCNH says, the one thing I never cared for is zombies moving in the winter. I'm fine with everything else, but that point. And yeah, Crafty asked you if, you could, that up. if you could move to like the northern, you know, above the Arctic yes. Circle to get away from them. Yes, you can. Zombies, they don't have their own body heat, which means if it gets below zero Fahrenheit, or I'm sorry, but below zero Celsius or below what, negative 32 or negative something i forget doesn't matter below freezing for over 12 hours a zombie will freeze solid now that's a good thing because in the arctic you're never going to have zombie problem because they're all going to freeze it they're all going to freeze there's two problems with that one it's really hard to grow sustainable crops in the arctic and two those zombies are no longer deteriorating they're a time bomb now a a zombie time capsule to be dug up at one time and then boom, you have zombie again. So going to be eating a lot of polar bear. What's that? Going to be eating a lot of polar bear. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they're not polar bears anymore. I don't know. The the way polar bears are going. I don't know. I thought I unlocked this one because I was sure you answered it already, but go ahead. What happens if you dismember dismember a a zombie? You cut off his arms. He's a walker. With that bites you. You cut off his legs, he's a crawler that bites you. You cut off his arms and legs, he's a biter if you give him your foot. If you cut off his arms, legs, and his jaw, he's a flopper. He's a flopper. All right. And finally, a few people did say they liked the art in the book. I just put one up there. I, I am not a fan. I am not a fan of the art in this book. 32 Chad degrees Fahrenheit, zero degrees Celsius. Thank you. I had I had streamer math in my head at the moment. I went yeah. negative 32 instead of positive 32. So, yep, that was awful. That was awful of me. Okay, next, we're going, going over adventure ideas. And this book is the best I've seen in a long time for Palladium for adventure ideas. There's lots of them. They're fleshed out. And you can use any or all of them at any given time. It's freaking crazy. So stick around. You're going to love it. All right. Give me a sec. It's going to be 27. Okay, let's so in this one, before, before we read the comments up, when you're done with the actual segment part, but before you get into the comments, I'm going to have you hold up the book, and then I got a little something. But that's when you're done with everything. Hold up the book. Yeah, when when you when you're done with everything, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll mention. I have it. the PDF. I don't have the book. Oh, you? I asked if you had the book. I'm sorry. I thought I I thought you meant PDF as in like a no, replacement no. for book. Oh no, I don't have the book. All right, I'll have to use this. Do, do you have the book? 
No, <laughs> I do not have a zombie game book. You want me to go back to the first page? No, no, no. I, I can just use I can, no. I can just use this cover right here. Okay. So just <clears throat> go ahead and start whenever you're ready. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Legionnaires, welcome to part three of the Dead Rain Overview series. And right now, we're going to talk about the adventure ideas. This book is one of the best Palladium books I've seen for giving you adventure ideas. They're fleshed out. There's a whole lot of them. You can use any or all of them, and they're all going to make your players have a good time. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Show stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right. We are back with Dead Rain, and we're looking at some zombie adventures. Hey, you know what? You learned all about the background, how it all happened. You learned about all the different kinds of zombies, what they can do, how to kill them. That's great. How do you put it together into wait, a... Wait, Is there anything else to do other than find zombie, kill zombie? I mean, that really just seems like the entire point. Find zombie, no. kill zombie. No, remember, there's also death cults, the savages, the, the, the crazies, the zombie sympathizers, the all that stuff. All of these are adventure hooks, and the game fleshes them out much better than your normal hook, line, and sinker stuff that uh, Palladium usually does. Here we go. 101 adventure scenarios. Well, yes, let's there, read all 101. Let's I'm go. Not Start with read all one. 101. I'm not going to do it. But <laughs> not only can you choose from any of these 101 scenarios, you can roll if you wanted to. Roll a percentile. It even gives you percentile. You roll a one, a beautiful small community in a lush valley. That's what you come across. The community appears to be free of zombie infestation and raider activity. Everything appears, see, too many too many times appears has come up in two sentences. You know this is bad. You already know this is going, this is going to hell real quick. Appears to be quiet, pleasant, and peaceful. The people are friendly and welcoming. They even offer weary travelers a free or cheap hot meal and a place to spend the night. It's all wonderful. Or is it too good to be true? Yes. The community keeps the zombies away by actively hunting them in a 20-mile radius. In order to supply themselves, they lure unsuspecting travelers into their community. During the first evening that visitors, your player characters, spend the night, a group of villagers attempt to attack, rob, and murder them in their sleep. There will be one villager for every player character. Fearing retribution, if word got about their evil deeds gets out, the men assigned to a brutal task of fight to the death. Furthermore, should things go badly, 2d4 plus 2 villagers will join the effort to slay the visitors. If the visitors escape and make a run for it, the bushwhackers give pursuit and fight to the death. If the visitors should manage to kill all of their attackers, the rest of the villagers will surrender, apologize, return any items, and beg for their lives. They insist the slain men were the ones engaging in this treachery. It wasn't me. It was them. Isolated incident. It's just following orders, man. Following orders, blah, blah, blah. 
uh, people who may seek retribution for their murder, regardless of the foul circumstances. Yes, that, that is one scenario. And that could be a whole day. That's a if whole you turn day the actual people into food, then that's another walking dead scenario. That's true. Yes. And then we have, let's go down. Boom, 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 boom. Let's go to 15. An overturned pickup truck is off the side of the road. This is an encounter. There's blood in the driver's side of the door, but no driver or passenger. The load has spilled. There is a generator, six five-gallon canisters of gasoline, a case of whiskey, and what looks to be several dozen cans of food. You cannot pass this up. You can't pass this carrot, up. Carrot, 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 exactly. carrot. Exactly. All You see all the carrots. The stick is in the trap because guess what? It's too it's good a, to be true. Give me your best Akbar. It's a trap. Yes, it is. Obvious trap. But it's an obvious trap you can't pass up. Gasoline, generator, food, whiskey. Shut up. I'm in. I'm in just for the whiskey. There you go. Uh, there are a group of raiders or bandits hiding in the tree line waiting to jump anyone who approaches the truck. There are two bad guys for every player in the group. The bandits wow. don't necessarily want to kill anybody. They just want what you have. If combat ensues, the fight until half are killed or seriously wounded or until the leader is slain. If the brigands are run off, our heroes can recover anything taken from them as well as the handful of weapons, a motorcycle and some extra ammo and the bait for the trap. I, I like that. They don't, they don't want to kill you. They just want all your stuff that helps you survive. Yeah. They're basically killing you just later. Yeah. What else we have? We have, let's move down to, oh, here's, here's one. You just run across some zombies, 36 to 40 slouchers, 41 to 45, one pattern zombie going about its business. Not all of these are huge storyline stuff, but the, the, the beginning stuff, the between one, you know, one through 20, those are like one to four game sessions worth of cool stuff. And let's be fair, in a world like this, coming across a pack of zombies is just something that's to be expected anyway. Yeah, it's something that happens, so it happens more often than not. Okay, makes sense. But you can roll random encounters and use this to create scenarios. Obviously, in the in the in the aughts and the teens, there are scenarios made for you. I read through a couple of them just now, and they're pretty fleshed out. Right? I mean, it gives everything you need. The latter percentage percentage rolls, they're just more encounters than not. But those encounters can can be fun too, especially sprinkled in in the middle of an actual adventure or campaign. It's great. And then you have random corpse searches. If you search a dead body, you're going to find something. What do you find? Candy, a religious icon, shotgun shells, and a warm cola. Okay. Nothing but lint. A can of pepper spray, which doesn't work in zombies, by the way. A bottle oh. of water and pocket change. Okay. A decoder ring and 2D6 comic books rolled up and stuffed into an inner pocket of a coat. Is that okay. supposed to make you feel bad or something? Like, oh. I don't know. It's, it's barter, I guess. Sawed off shotgun, hand sanitizer, bag of corn chips, jar of salsa, bottle of cola, plus a Remington 12-gauge shotgun with 2D6 plus 26 slugs. That's a good find. I like that find. That's a good search. What, what, now, where, where's the stick? There is no stick. This is oh. after you've won. You're searching oh, okay, the bodies. Okay. 
Oh, okay. This is just randomly searching the bodies. I love this as a random table. I love it. Because you're, they're, you're going to have a chance to get weapons. You're going to have a chance to get ammo. You're going to have a chance to be able to defend yourself better. And since you won this fight, you should be rewarded for it. And that's a good reward. But sometimes you're just going to find lint. That's life. <laughs> it's like a kinder bag. Yeah. What's what's a hundred? The zombie uh, invasion ends? No. 2d6. Oh, shit. Hey, now. No, this is worth it. 2d6 sticks of dynamite, an equal number of fuses, and four pounds of C4 and a detonator. Who was this guy? Yeah. If you roll 100, you get that. This can save your life. If you did not stop the moan in time. <laughs> you're like, F it. I'm just going to get on top of this building. Let them all crowd around and just drop some dynamite on them. Get as many around as possible at that point and just blow them all up. Now, does that kind of noise summon them or no? Or is oh, it just yeah, the... Yeah. okay? But the thing is, uh, zombies that are that see you will moan and they will keep and once they see you even if you leave their view they will keep trying to find you for hours afterward zombies that were attracted by noise but never saw you will only look around for you for minutes okay and then stop so bring as many around you as possible if you're already trapped bomb the hell out of them Dynamite and C4 does real well, but you're not going to kill them. Yeah, you are. You know what happens when you blow up someone's body? Their brain gets destroyed. A, a dynamite concussive blast will turn the brain into, into salsa. You kill a zombie. C4, get out of here. They're just gone. They're just paced at that point. You win. So that's great. C4 right around the neck. Just send them in, you know, there you go. Dr drop them, drop them off a roof. The zombies won't even dodge because it's another zombie. They don't care. Boom. Good stuff. So the adventure ideas, they're, they're really spelled out here. Now, for me, if I was going to make up an adventure idea, I would make up a mechanic. I would use, this is just me but I would use shamblers and crawlers as my only zombies. But if a zombie absorbs enough PPE, he or she will remember who they were, get all their memories back get all their skills back until they drop back down to zero PPE. And then they, then they have to feed again. This gives a wrinkle to the zombie mechanic, but it also increases the number of, of psychos and weirdos out there who are feeding their loved ones, people to keep their wife, their wife, or to keep their kid, their kid. I got to feed him people. If I feed him enough people, maybe he'll be cured. No, that's not happening. You're just, extending the torment but you don't know that that's what i would do that's 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 how i would run the the game i would add that little wrinkle in there 
because even for the player character group, if a player character becomes a zombie, the other player characters, if that person's utility was great enough, if the need for their skill set was great enough, the rest of your group will feed you people to keep you useful. That's crazy, but it could happen. As a game master, I would love to see stuff like that. I would love that. How do you live with yourself as a player character feeding people to your former teammate to keep him useful because he was just too damn useful to lose? That's crazy. All right, but that that was just me. Like I said, this is the best one for adventures. They have specific adventure ideas, general adventure ideas, and random encounters all in one. It's great. And Max, you told me that you had something to say. Yeah, you can immerse yourself in the gripping world of Dead Rain by Palladium Books. A thrilling tabletop RPG set in a post-apocalyptic landscape infested with zombies. In this heart-pounding game, survival is your ultimate goal and you, as you navigate through the ruins and battle hordes of undead. With the innovative Palladium system, Dead Rain offers a unique blend of horror, strategy, making every decision crucial for your group survival. Ready to embark on an intense adventure? Look the link in the description below to get your hands on Dead Rain Rulebook and begin your journey against the apocalypse today. I just want to throw in a little commercial. All right, cool. Yes, I can. Like, right. subscribe, share for more Ooh. commercials. <laughs> and no, Palladium didn't pay me for that. I just wanted to. Just wanted to do it. Just wanted to do they it. They might someday. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> I don't, I don't but know. Hey, I... you know what? Manscaped Raid Shadow Legends, I'll sell out for you. I mean, he won't. Raid Shadow Legends, he won't do it. I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. I won't tell him. I'll just do it during the live stream. I'm not going to tell him as long as you pay me instead of him. I'll I'll add snipe this place. All right, what do we got? Coco Shuko says what? Treat for role players. Dead Rain is good bang for your buck. It is. It is. There is a lot of utility in this one book. It's pretty much everything you need to run a years-long campaign. I like it. The only other one I starred was that one. It said 99. It's a chainsaw. And eight rolls of toilet paper. Gold. Exactly. Toilet paper in the apocalypse is like gold. You want to hoard it. Hoard toilet paper. I don't know if anyone has ever used leaves or paper to wipe their butt. I have. I don't recommend it. At all. Toilet paper. Well, unless unless you're near a river or a lake or something where you're using and them you in conjunction every time, that's yeah. fine. But woof. And Kill Raven says the whole set of Dead Rain books are generally good. That's great. That is great. Right. And one more time. Like, subscribe, and share. Thank you very much, Eden Dog, for uh our adventure ideas, as well as what you talk about, our Zombies 101 and the background of Dead Rain. Now you too can go play your zombie horde dreams. Not mine, though. I'm still not convinced. No, you're still not convinced. I get it. I get no, it's it's just it really it's just a zombie thing. If you know, yeah. if I were, if I were to do that and just change them from zombies to uh, to everything from skeletons and maybe make it like a little ghastly like thing, like other forms of undead, but still keep like a mummy, like, fuck it. It just, you know, have a mummy be the really strong one or, or whatever. I'd be, I'd have less of a problem. I'm just so like, I hear the word zombie and I just, oh, can I do anything else? But 
I I like it better than a normal zombie zombie yes. trope because yep. you get to choose what kind of zombies you want. You know what you want fast moving zombies, you want virus infected zombies, you want magical zombies, you want slow moving zombies. You you can you can choose all of them, some of them or make up your own. It's great. No, I, I agree to that. I mean, I guess because I played Necromancers and in my D&D campaigns in the past, I love to focus on undead that I've already done so much with undead that rotting flesh to me doesn't matter if you call it a zombie or something. It's still just damn rotting flesh, no matter what power you give it, that I'd rather have bones because nobody's afraid about it. It's funny. If you say something skeletal, it could be a giant. Ah, it's a skeleton. Let's go take it. <laughs> um like one of my favorite tricks is, and you know about this one, is uh, I love taking the, uh, oh my God, what are they called in Earth Dawn? Um, crap. The, the Earth Dawn zombies. I cannot remember the name of them right now. Cadaverman. Thank you. Cadaverman. I love the idea of the cadaverman. Uh, uh, just slow and whatever. Until you smack one really hard, and then all of a sudden it's got four attacks around. they quadruple around. their actions per round, and they go into a frenzy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, but, in, in, in this one, the frenzy happens when they smell fear. They get a plus one initiative, plus one to a to a strike and damage. And if there's, uh, I think it was several people who are afraid, they also get plus one action per round. All right, you want to put the link out there? Will I get to... Uh, we got people on Rumble. All right, so it's now time for... YouTube comments and the viewer calling. That's right. Check your audio and surroundings. I don't want to hear all the nonsense that's happening in your house like you're hearing at my beginning of the stream. <laughs> one question or comment related to segment one or two. So that's Coriolis skills and talents or Dead Rain. That was pretty much the entirety of Dead Rain. Yeah. Uh, we'll respond. One follow up to our response and then you're out of here. Bye bye. Watch the language, please. And then I will bring the comments up. Share screen. Comments, comments. And zoom way on in so I can never read chat anymore. All right. Ooh, that might be too far. So where are we here? So that was Friday Chill Street. Oh, this one. Oh, so Patriotic Gestalt has been actually giving us super thanks for some of the stuff we did in the mm -hmm. past. So Palladium Fantasy Combat. And I know that there's somebody here, but we're going to get one comment in first. I like this one, by the way. I okay. like this one. And I already responded to it, but I thought this was pretty cool. Okay. Hearing you talk about juicers has given me a thought. An oldish man, maybe his mid-50s, who recently had grandkids living in some town outside of coalition space. The town gets destroyed by, who cares? All his children and grandchildren are killed. He knows his time is already running out. So screw it. Goes juicer to take revenge or to protect other communities. Yep. That is, that is a great background story for your old man juicer. That is great. Now, your game master might even lessen your life more because you started off old. Your body's going to deteriorate faster. That's completely feasible, and you got to accept that as a possible ramification of your choices. But if you can do that, yeah, man, that's a good deal. That's kind of my response. I said, I really like that. I don't know enough about juicers to know if there are age issues with the process, but at first glance, I really like that concept. No, there's no specific mechanic for if you start off later. In life, you get less time as a juicer. There is no mechanic for that. It's always, you know, n number of number of years, roll it. That's how much you get, whether you start off at 10 or start off at 80. But as a game master, he has leeway to say, hang on, you started off at the end of your life. You already went through half your life, so you only get half the time. 
right? You can do that. Okay. That's I thought legit. somebody popped into chat, but I don't see it, so I'm moving on here. Nope, Mark Hawkman was here, and okay. then he dropped off. Uh, it's uh, more patriotic assault, like in your. Go ahead and oh, bring no, him here in. Here he is. Here he is. Yep. He's back. He's back. Uh, let me get him in. Mark Hawkman, how you doing? Hey, my internet's been acting weird. Um, That's okay. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have been able to stream yesterday anyway because my internet That's crapped fine. out. But, uh, Give us anyway. your question. So uh, this is actually one of those things where it's just like looking at the like list of different weird kinds of zombies. It's just like yep. one of those things where from an in-universe perspective, it kind of feels like zombies are uh, engineered more than just a little bit. It does seem like that. There, there is credence for that. That's why, depending on the uh, the background of the wave that you want to use, you may want to use only certain types of zombies and not all of them. Like if it was a virus, an engineered virus, I would I would use the smarter zombies. Hmm. If it was an accidental virus, I I would use all the zombies. Right, I'd use all of them, but have them be a very low percentage of the smart ones. If it was a magical thing, I would only use the smart ones. Hmm. But if it was a normal radiation, you know, or or God said you suck and and sent the plague, I would just use the shamblers and crawlers. So I mean, it, the, you you do you, you change it to fit the flavor of your game, and you can do that. To, to me, it kind of sort of feels like the way that vampires worked in Buffy. How's that? Well, all right, uh, in, in Buffy the, the Vampire Slayer, vampires are all possessed by some sort of evil spirit. Demon. Yeah, right. And you lose your soul and a demon slips in instead. Yeah. Well, thing is, though, is that that's part of the reason why people will just go evil is because of the fact that the spirit that possessed the person is now in charge. And whatever this person actually wanted to do, they're not acting out that anymore yeah yeah okay you're you're you, you can say it's possessed and that person's dead dead you could say that that's and, fair and you know, the, the, but the whole like uh rising as an army all at once thing just feels like a magic uh, uh it does switch. yes <laughs> yes and the, in the beginning it really points to uh a magical effect or an act of god or a planned viral attack it right. really has the stench of premeditation on it. You're right. I, I will agree with you there. But again, just, just like any other GM, you can change it. Mm. You can change it in the beginning. They all didn't wake up at once or or they all, they all it was because of a comet coming by. And I, I, well, I guess oh, it, oh, oh, uh, that part's not completely oh, written it. out. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But you, you, you can change it to make it more random if you want. Okay, so, thank you, Mark Hawkman. Yeah. Appreciate it. I'm going to do one more here or maybe two. Uh, Dr. Bradford sounds like Dr. Krieger and Archer. <laughs> Dr. Bradford is, is an evil Dr. Krieger. Dr. Krieger is not evil. He's, he's anarchist, right? Cause he just wants to do science. He doesn't want to hurt people. It just, his science ends up hurting people. Is but Dr. About... Bradford doesn't actively doesn't care about you or, or anyone you love. This guy here, derivative worker. Is he talking about Krang? Kang, whatever his name is, he reminds me of that guy from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So okay, I've, I haven't I watched it in years, and I think I watched like the first movie, and ever since then, I was like, no, I'm out. 
But uh, well, we're gonna okay, add go the crafting gamer in. Yep. Go ahead, crafting gamer. How you All doing? Right, pretty good. Before my question, uh, that team, that TMNT thing, they were referencing to a mad scientist called Baxter. Okay. Uh, uh, again, uh, he must have been a, a smaller character because I don't recall him. Yeah, he was. Uh, anyway, okay. my question was, Heathen Dog, how did you feel about how they described zombies in this? Like the fact that, yeah, I've never heard of a zombie. I picked up this book. Oh, what is zombie? Oh, what is an undead? I've never even heard of this concept in my entire life. Somehow I've lived so isolated that that is a possibility. Yep. How, how I felt when they came at came at me like that. Yeah. yeah I, like I, I don't feel. Yeah, I don't I don't feel bad about that. The reason being is it, it's a it's a marketing 101. You have to make sure that your audience understands the product. Now, do you, do you have to talk to them like a child to do that? Hopefully not. And That's what I kind of felt since, this was. Yeah, since, since since the 2000s, everyone in the Western world should know the basics of zombies, right? They should. But you can't, you can't rely on that a hundred percent. You can't. Yeah. So I, so I understand just, why uh, it was done. I get it. It's not necessary for ninety-five percent of people. But if you have a younger, a younger audience, you know, uh, a child that just turned 14, 15, 16, and you know, didn't watch those zombie movies back in the day, never saw Night Living Dead, ne never saw Dead Alive, never, never, never saw all this other stuff then he might need the the filler backstory stuff. He might need it. It's there just in case you need it. I understand why it had to be there. So my follow-up would be then, you're suggesting he kind of future-proofed his books. Yes, because uh, the, the whole zombie trope is a, is a cyclical thing. Vampires, zombies, werewolves, it comes and goes. You know, it, it ebbs and flows with the, with the popular zeitgeist of the time. So he wants someone to be able to pick this up who was born outside of that of the time where zombies were popular that may not know anything about about zombies in in pop culture because in his current pop culture there are no zombies. So there you have it. So yes, future proofing, longevity, uh uh keeping it relevant by making itself by explaining itself is important. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. I just oh, to but, get your opinion on that. Oh. But we have your wrong in chat. So apparently, well, let, me, I'm let, wrong. Me, let me let me let me do one more. Go go ahead and uh, uh, thank yeah, you, thank Captain you Gamer. Gamer. Appreciate it. Uh, let me read this one, then we'll get him. I said, "Oh, the yellow rose of Texas is the only girl I love. Her eyes are even bluer than Texas guys above. Her the biggest Texas, and wherever I may go, I'll remember her forever because I love her." So I'm not reading all that. There you go, Yellow Rose of Texas. There you uh, go. I don't remember the tune for it. I haven't heard it in many years, but. Uh, I got to give him props for that. Thank you very, very much. I think he just wanted us to read it all there. Sorry, I'm not going to do it, but that was pretty cool. I like that. Go ahead. Okay. We'll bring in your wrong. Nope. Device oh, not connected. I can't. Well, he's it. He's got to fix his audio or something first before I'll we can bring him in. All right. That's fine. Get one uh, more. We should just make SJW the game and be done with it. They can leave the rest of the game. So what, what's that about for? I don't know what that's about for Rift Source, but do we say something in here? I don't know. About that. We don't normally talk about that kind of stuff in these episodes. So I'll just pass that one on because I don't know this. You know, thanks for the comment, though. There you go. Uh, Flady, who was watching earlier, but is again, of course, he had to go. Sorry, I missed this segment live. Thanks for the great coverage. I agree with Kill Raven. CS Navy is a great book. 
uh, booking my trip to MindWorks today. MindWorks is a good deal. Now, I I spoke about the the implant that makes your brain stop deteriorating forever, mm-hmm. which is great. But it, that was, of course, a side effect. It makes you insane. Right, uh, still saying device not connected. He's still working on that, so we'll give him time to do that. Uh, the way they explain the facility always reminded me of the Miraposa base from Fallout 1. Fallout 1, Fallout 1, Fallout 1. Fallout 1 uh, was a real long time ago, man. Yeah. And I played it as a kid, and I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. <laughs> Fallout 3 is the only one I really remember. Or 4. I've, see, I can't remember if it's 3 or 4, but I think it's 3. The bomb no, in the three, middle. Three, the, 3 and 4 were very similar. Um, but and, I, I think he's talking ooh. about how most of it's underground. Because, you know, Fallout, you made, you made uh, vaults, and vaults are underground. I'm so glad I scrolled down, because I saved this one for you. Oh, goody. This might be fun taking Suede. So Savage Worlds, Adventure Edition, setting Gross. Necessary Evil. That's the name of the settings, Necessary Evil. But use okay. this system instead. It's backwards. It's not doing Rift, Savage Rifts. It's doing he- this Necessary That's Evil wonderful. in Heroes Unlimited, going the right Re-infect way. Reinfect the virus, baby. Reinfect yeah. the virus. That's right. That's right. Basically, <laughs> aliens have killed all the superheroes and, the only, and only the villains are left to save the world. That is a really, really good uh, campaign hook right there. You are the bad guys, but you end up being the good guys because all the good guys are dead and aliens are trying to kill you anyway. So bad guys become good guys. Now, do you still kill and steal from people? No. You know why? Because it's you guys against the aliens. You become good by default. Because killing the survivors only hurts your survivability in the long run. Keeping them safe gives you an op- gives you opportunity to win later on in the campaign. So you become good guys by force. It's great. Oops. So I got a This is an old one. I didn't respond right away because I didn't I did see the comment. Uh let us know how it went. Cuz I'd like to see how people run their resistance campaigns. Okay. So Oh, dead rain, dead rain. This is more. Okay, this is. Uh, oh, yeah. This is one clarification. When you pick a cybernetic or bionic talent, you also need to pick the same gear option. It cut. Yeah, we, we're that was more covering yeah, that yeah. today. We, we saw that today. When the cybernetics cost XP, five XP, and money, depending on what it is, from five hundred to twenty-five, thirty-five thousand. Well, one of the things I did say about this, and, and uh, Rodney Abadi has been really cool. He's been commenting on all these Year Zero stuff. You can tell he's a Year Zero fan, so I like that. Um, I did say at the beginning of covering Coriolis that I wasn't going to prognosticate or talk about things in the future. One, because I have never read the book from cover to cover. I've read aspects of it, made videos on aspects of it, because I know the game works. But also because... Uh, what ends up happening is like, oh, we already talked about that. We already talked about it. But here's actually where the book talks about it. And we'll end up skipping things and so forth. So I'm really covering the book in the order that it's just presented to us. So, but I always appreciate his comments. So for about 10 minutes, no one's ever ruined your game with this stuff, but you're still, th- wait, what? Oh, what is hashtag? Oh, this is a really old one. Wow. Somebody commented on RPG? hashtag. Yeah. It's going to be two years ago. Uh, after about 10 minutes, no one has ever ruined your game with this stuff. Or you're throwing, no, you ruined the hobby with it. But that's not yes. for, we don't do segment two stuff here anymore. This is the old segment two, if you guys want to see some yep. rants. Self-made martyrs are cringe. Yeah, so stop doing it. <laughs> uh, dead rain, Climb dead rain. off that cross, brother. You're fine. Yeah, right? Uh, how do you, how do you house, oh, we, we talked about this. this be, I think this is the last one we'll talk about. Um, 
But this is a good question, so I think the folks out there can see yeah, it. I answered that too, right? Yeah, yeah, we both did. Uh, yeah. How do you house rule duplicate abilities? For instance, I took paired weapons at level one, but I also get the skill from my hand-to-hand -hand at level seven. Do you give a bonus uh, for the double uh, a skill or no? I hate players. <laughs> So I, oh, my, so no, I, that's just the way it's perceived. So I, in the past, I've always been like, no, you just get it earlier. And, and I just yeah. ended it there. But I thought an interesting concept is why not give another secondary skill? Since you are kind of using a skill slot, so to speak for that, why not give them a secondary skill? But that's, that's up to you. I would probably yeah. still just say you got it earlier. Yeah. I, that's, that's what I responded with, with it's a physical skill or a weapon skill you just get it earlier. That's the bonus. You got it six levels earlier, right? So you're winning already. But I do make, thank you very much, CPK. I do make $50. Holy shit. Balls. Yeah, that, that's why I'm leaving that on the screen. Thank you. I was waiting for you to notice that. CPK, right. thank you very much. 4791, thank you very much for the $50. Really do appreciate that. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll go to a good cause. Kill off all five. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I but, like uh, the plot originally. I hate the way they're presented now. <laughs> I know, I know. But for other skills, yeah. like uh, like cooking, dancing, art, uh, ambush, anything, anything with a percentile, if later on you get that skill for free, but you chose it earlier, I will give you a 10% bump. Sure. 10% bump in the, in the skill. I, I'll do that because I don't want you to lose that, but... The, the physical skill, you got all the benefit by having it six levels early. All that benefit. You know? So, I mean, you, you can make a but, but cooking skill is the same thing. You know, cooking skill isn't exactly vital to combat or, or uh, you know, talking to NPCs, stuff like that. It's just not killing people with your food. You know? Like, whatever. Dancing, same thing. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll give a bump just because. Uh, Kevin Sullivan says, yeah, beyond dogs, cats, bears, which all have their niche. The other mutants are just unnecessary waste of resources. Yeah, but human nature is going to be like, well, let's see what we can do yeah. with this other one. Let's see what we can do no, with this Dr. Extra Bradford one. is is freaking Mangala, basically. So he just <laughs> wants to see if he could do it. He was doing it just because. Yeah. I, I wonder if I can make a man bat bear. Yeah, yeah, you can. I think I should. You shouldn't, but he will. Just <laughs> to make sure that he can. In a game where mutants are human-made, you have to ask yourself, do we need to uplift blue whales and piranha? Why not? Yeah. It's called <laughs> zombies, apparently, in Dead Rain, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the difference between a great scientist and a mad scientist is really easy to determine. The, the demarcation is clear. A real scientist will say, we can, but should we? A mad scientist says, we, we can, so we should. That's the difference. Got a lot more comments than I thought. Uh, Ursa Warriors are the T2 Heavy. <laughs> it's a tank. Uh, yeah. If you give them a big gun, point at the area, tell them to make the work go away, and they get a sandwich or candy. Uh, the cats, well, cats have been domesticated as companions to humanity for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's about 5,000 years. Uh, though the loyalty issue is still a concern, but as fire and forget weapons <laughs> such as kill cats, they work well. Sure. And the bats, monkeys, and rats all stem from hubris, if nothing else. Again, we yeah. just talked about that. Yeah. As the head yeah. of Lone Star, is serious god complex with his work. The hunter yeah. is a prime example. As the human, uh, as are the human humans. Yeah, it's uh, and but the the only the only good thing that came out of Bradford's hubris is the Zytikix Zy killer. That thing has utility. You don't want to be around it, 
but it's a it's a fire and forget bug killer. I love it. This is such good coverage. My first riffs and RPG character ever was a dog boy named Flayed. Obviously, see nice. his name there. And sparked my love for the game and a hobby in general. That's awesome. That is cool. I like that. Yep. Oh, hey, an Earth. Wow. Earthon. I think I replied to it. Yeah, I did. Okay. I think that's... Uh, was this last week? Yeah, for my experience regarding being in debt for a spacecraft. Every time the end of a cycle month... Gets close, the PCs start hustling and sometimes panicking to make quick money to pay our bills on time. This forces the PCs to prioritize our actions. Some PCs might suspend their ethics, and it's a fun role to play. Uh, we talked about there was some negative commentary about the whole "that's just stupid that you start in debt." You know, we we talked about it a little bit, but there was yeah, more negative about like, uh, commentary it, about it's it. It's a way to go. You yeah. don't have to, but it's 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 the easiest trope to use, and so the yeah. game used it. You know, if you want to do something different good man it's 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 your game you yeah. know just just like i just like i said with dead rain you can choose from the five or six options how the plague began or the reason behind it or make up one of your own it's fine uh came over from basic expert channel love the video can't wait to hear more i understand why they have pc starting in debt Again, uh, find a lot of modern players in the, or sorry, a lot of players in the modern gaming sphere, a lot of D&D 5 you need a gun to get their head to propel story forward. And that's, yeah. that's the point of it. That's yeah, the point they're, of. They're way too used to, uh, to having their sandbox doing whatever they want. Well, well, or to being handheld. What am I supposed to do next? Yeah. Yeah. Use it's your not imagination. a video game. It's not a video game. You don't, you don't get, you know, hundred percent told what the next objective is. You got to figure it out sometimes. Yep. So, okay uh zoomer debate society yeah a lot of these we we already answered so and this was the first comment i do know this first comment because it came from dm james often awesome start to review and one of my favorite games so i hope he's still watching this. cool so that's we're gonna stop that we have no more call-ins we had somebody else in here but apparently couldn't get his audio oh he said he was just hanging out this no he said he was just listening yeah that's fine uh okay so yeah, hopefully today's coverage was good. Like I said, I'm not convinced about Dead Rain. However, if necessary, I could find ways to use it. There are tweaks I could make to it to uh, to make it more interesting for me. He already mentioned a way that he'd do it, you know, how he'd run the zombies so forth to make it more interesting for him. For me, I would probably not make them all zombies. I would actually just make them different types of undead. Maybe just use common names that don't necessarily perfectly line up, but because you know how people are, they name things funny. You know, I could see that a zombie that was really fast called the Spectre. Why? Because you could barely see it. You know, something like that. But anywho, uh, I also could see it being part of putting it in the uh, and after the bomb campaign. Because you guys know I like after the bomb. I could see mixing in. You go too far to the west or to the east, all of a sudden, you know, you've got these zombies. Now, there was a suggestion for you, Heathen Dog. Hey, do a character creation video for, for that. Maybe sometime in the future because apparently has different options that aren't in any other palladium oh game. yeah they, they have they have occs for your non-zombie characters and they are not the same as occ for like you know warrior mercenary no 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 you're just dudes you're dudes it's ordinary man occs you get to you get to choose or roll your profession were you a doctor were you a steel worker were you a teacher were you a nanny and and then you get appropriate skills to follow you know yep. so yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't have time to go over that because because I really wanted to focus on the zombies because that that was the whole thing, but uh, they have oh you can have a Reaper OCC where you can say I'm a I'm a zombie killer, you know you can have a a, a death cult, 
optional OCC. I don't recommend it because they're bad guys. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. All kinds of stuff. And that's something that, again, if you guys want, I mean, I'm sure we could find three more videos to pull out of that book at some time in the future. Uh, you know, OCCs. I, I don't know what else is in there, but, you know, OCCs are a big one that people like to have us do videos on. So that could be something that pops up in the future, but you know, we'll see. But with that, I think we are done for today. And uh, I'm scared to end the stream, but I've got to. So, <laughs> uh, how you got to face your your little Japanese firecracker? We'll just say yes. Okay. So I let you talk us out with words of wisdom. I'll get the little theme song ready, and uh, we'll be done. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for hanging with us today. Really appreciate. I hope you learned uh, a lot about Coriolis. I hope you learned enough about Dead Rain to really really solidify whether you want to use it or not you know or if you want to get it just for the ideas it brings and you want to use its aspects in another game that's fine too that's absolutely fine it's your table your game you don't have to rewrite the book for everyone you shouldn't rewrite the book for everyone but you can rewrite the book for yourself all day long and have fun doing it until then thank you very much and you guys have a great day